0: welcome to episode number 154 of the classic gaming podcast. Today's date is December 9th, 2020. I'm Robert Ring and with me is the epinable Jay Totoro.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays. Um it just doesn't feel the same this year.
1: No, but this year's almost over and that's that's it. It's shit. For.
0: You can, don't don't get me excited like that. Uh, what, what are you, do you know what you're getting for Christmas?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My family ma- is making it very simple now. Uh, so we are doing secret Santa lists and you have one person and that's it. So it's very easy to navigate oh, through and do secret Santa. And it's so much better than having to send lists and make sure that everybody's got lists. And, uh, I, this stuff just drives me nuts. <laughs>
0: We did that last like not for not for my like immediate family, but um like last year we had Christmas with my dad and stepmom and a lot of my stepmom's family and we did that because there were gonna be so many of us, obviously we didn't want like thirty people all exchanging you know, thirty different presents to each person. That would have been yep. mayhem. But uh so usually it's it's like me and obviously my wife and daughter and then my parents and my sister. And that's kind of that's that's kind of the gift giving for us. So so it's not too out of hand for us to each get somebody something. Um, but I, I'm getting actually I basically I picked out well this is what normally how it goes but like usually I decide what I want and I send my wife a list with like links and everything I'm like just order these. This yep. time I was like you know what that's that's not even that's too much trouble for me to like <laughs> compile a list and send it to you. I'm just gonna find shit I want and click the buy button and so and, then, nice like, level. and then i and then when it comes in the mail i just hand it to her and say this is for me <laughs> and so uh and she wraps it and everything wrap it up wrap it up and i uh i just actually uh i think two or three days ago pulled the trigger on this i'm getting a 3do <laughs> oh nice i will finally i'm not getting this game for christmas but i will i'll probably get it maybe very soon after I will finally... You know what that means I get to play, don't you? What? Plumbers Don't Wear
1: Ties. Oh, man. It's coming.
0: It's coming, guys. That is
1: the meme dream video game right there.
0: It is. Um, and also, another, a lesser known one, I think less egregious, uh, egregiously ridiculous one, but another one that I'm looking forward to that I'm not getting right off the bat is called Snow Job. That one's gonna be very fun too. I have a feeling, Uh, but definitely plumbers don't wear. Pretty much the only reason I'm not getting plumbers don't wear ties for Christmas is because I have to open it up in front of my kid, and I don't want her to be like, "What's that, Daddy?"
1: (laughs) Can I play? Nope.
0: (laughs) No. In fact, forget. In fact, you know what? I'm probably gonna return this, so just don't even worry about it. And then I hide it in the office. I hide it next to what? What was the other game? I hate, it. I hate it where I have Beat'em and Eat'em hidden. Oh. Uh, so that's coming. But for now, it's just going to be uh, some more like innocuous 3DO games. Uh, I'm getting a 3DO, a few games for that. I also, my other big one is uh, a copy of Final Fantasy IV. Wow. So I'm getting some good stuff. So 3D a couple games, Final be Fantasy pretty excited Four, about that. yeah, and then uh, just a few
1: little other things besides that.
0: I put a. In fact, I yeah, that's put,
1: very simple to do too.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I put a. Uh, I was undecided. I was like, you know what, my my instinct was to get some more like musical stuff, maybe a new amp. Probably not a new guitar because I just got because I kind of because I got, a, I got a, a, a new guitar this this year already, and. Uh, So I was like, you know what, it's time to go back and get another another console that I don't have. Um, What should I get? And I put a... I'm trying to find it right now. I put a poll on Twitter. What the fuck is it? And I was... For a little while, I was undecided between 3DO, Atari Lynx, uh, Nintendo Virtual Boy, and possibly a Game Gear. But that was the least the one that I was least interested out of all those and got 15 votes. 3DO actually won. That's not actually why I went with it. This is more just like, let me see. I'm just kind of interested in what other people think. And I might take it into account. I wasn't like, I'm going to get whichever one gets the most votes, but 3DO did in fact get the most votes. Uh, I got 40%. Game gear was second. Atari links was third and virtual boy was last, but uh, it's, it was one that I felt like it's, it's time I need to finally play Plumbers Don't Wear Ties for the good of the podcast. I'm doing the 3DO. And it's got some weird shit on there, too, that I think is going to be fun to, uh, to talk about. That's awesome. So we'll hear more about that, pro- I guess, on the next episode. Not not pl- Again, not Plumbers Don't Wear Ties yet, but I will have played at least a couple games for it. So that'll be coming up. Um. Yeah, shit. And I guess besides that, we got kind of probably a longish episode tonight. We got our game of the year. We got our best and worst games of 2020. You got, by the way, you did get like all the, all the categories I sent you, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, should, I guess if you, do you have anything game else to talk about the quarter too, right? Yeah. Game of the quarter. Do you have anything else to talk about before we get going?
1: No, I don't think so. All
0: right. Well, let's do news first. Um, this one <clears throat> you can talk about maybe more than I can. Well, there, maybe not. There's not really a whole lot to say about it. Uh, Blizzard announced that, or not announced, but they kind of revealed in an earnings call, I believe, that with their WoW Plus WoW Classic subscribers, uh, their subscriber base has doubled since quarter two of this year.
1: Yeah, so I didn't hear about this, but I'm curious to see, did they actually release any numbers? Because I have a feeling they they probably didn't. They've been very hush-hush about numbers. I don't
0: believe so. I don't think so. Why are you are you skeptical or are you just saying? Uh,
1: that- no, I believe it. It's just they've been very like, it's been probably ten years since they've released their subscriber amount. For, and it, I mean, if, if they're not willing to release it, that you can assume that's a bad thing, right? Well, I remember, like the, I remember uh-huh. when they
0: announced that they were going to stop uh
1: releasing the numbers. I actually didn't know that. I actually didn't know they made an announcement stating that.
0: Yeah, there was one time they were like, uh, "Yeah, from now on, we're not going to announce the numbers." It was kind of like when it was starting to. I mean, I wouldn't say wane at all, but when, you know, they're kind of their growth. So, you know, when it started to, I hesitate to even say stagnate, but when it started to like level off, you know, Yeah. and, and probably sh- and actually probably shrink some, they were like, all right, we're not going to talk, we're not going to release the actual numbers anymore. And everybody, I mean, it was, you know, it was pretty obvious because the numbers were going down, but I mean, yep. that's, that's relative to fucking world of Warcraft. They're still raking in millions upon millions of dollars.
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent.
0: But anyway so their subscriber base has doubled so that's kind of interesting now okay shadowlands is a is an expansion that was just released for wow correct correct okay you have to help me out here is this a wow classic expansion or a actual regular wow expansion
1: the easiest way to describe the two is retail versus classic. Um, so it is a retail okay. expansion. They don't do expansions for classic, at least not as of yet.
0: Oh, they haven't done any expansions for classic. Do you know, like, are there any... Correct. Are there any plan? Like, have they announced anything? Or like there's nothing on the horizon, basically, that, that, that they've announced?
1: For there classic? is rumors of things that were leaked stating July of next year is when they'll do their first expansion. Okay. Uh, but there's, based on the timeline it seeming like they'll have to do something in between as well so there's probably going to be something that comes out between now and july as as a part of classic that wasn't initially a part of Classic. but nothing
0: that they've announced they've they've not said anything correct nothing's
1: been finalized no
0: okay all right um is Sh- do you think shadowlands I, I from what i've heard it seems to be pretty a pretty big deal do you think this accounts for that that this apparent surge in subscribers?
1: Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of the two things, to be honest with you. I think it's both... Cla- I mean, because they just released a large raid for Classic WoW, and then at the same time, they released Shadowlands. So, yeah, it's, it's no surprising. The the funny part is, like, I think they actually could have had higher numbers if they would have released uh, Shadowlands when it was initially intended, because they actually missed and had to delay it <clears throat> um, oh, really? by, like, a month. Yeah. So, but I definitely think they are doing very well financially in that regard.
0: Okay. So okay, well then that's that's the first piece of news. Uh, what's next? Oh, Sega VR, which was planned for the Sega Genesis back in the day. I had never heard of this. Wow. Um, but th- the Video Game History Foundation. This is the new. This is I I I think it's new. The foundation that recently had the new. <laughs> I keep saying that. That recently did the Monkey Island retrospective thing with uh, a new one. Yeah, <laughs> with Ron <Ryan> Gilbert. <laughs> Um, they were able to emulate some of the or at least I think one or two of the Sega VR games and actually get that running. I think they got it running on an HTC Vive. Um, but it's kind of astounding. The Sega VR, again, it was going to be for the uh, it was going to be a Sega Genesis add-on. They were going to sell it for under $200
1: interesting and this would have been what like 95 96
0: no like 92 or 3 i think oh damn um and it seems to work really well really smoothly uh you know obviously it still has just genesis graphics but the game that they showed that the, the guy had basically so the the people who were kind of in charge of this project they actually found they actually got in touch with one of the uh like, lead, like the project, like the head guys on the project back in the day. And he had some of the source code still. And he, no he gave shit. it to him. Yeah, so they were able to, like, f- see what was going on, figure out how it works, like ask him clarification and all this stuff. Uh, and eventually, basically, I don't know if they had to hack a, an HTC Vive or if they just wrote software that worked with it. But they got this one or two games running. And like I said, it seems to work really well. It's It was a, uh, it's kind of like a... I, the game seemed to be like you're kind of like driving around a desert, like shooting things more or less. Like maybe, I don't know if you're, I don't think you're in a car, but like some sort of like sci-fi ish vehicle and you're going around shooting stuff. Interesting. Uh, but like, it's, you know, it, 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 it's not just like a screen in front of your face. It actually responds to head movements and, and stuff like that. So it was, you know, a full uh, virtual real, reality thing. Apparently one of the ways they got the, They were going to have the price so low is the comp, the company who developed the tracking mechanism for it. They like, I don't know how, but they found out a way to manufacture it for $1. What? So the tracking mechanism cost a dollar (laughs) somehow. And so the whole thing was going to be astoundingly cheap for, for something like this. Uh, and so, basically, it worked really well. But it sounds like the problem was they didn't ever come up; they they were not a, ever able to find a solution for people getting like motion sick and and headaches oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And you know, obviously, even today, that was a huge problem with a lot of the VR that's come out, and and still is to some extent. They, I know they've come up with they, I know they've implemented the people who are working on those things nowadays. They've implemented a lot of technologies to kind of. Make that stuff, go, maybe not go away, but but diminish it as much, minimalize it as much as possible. So people who it does affect, maybe it won't affect them or it'll affect them less. Um, but back then when they were creating this one, they couldn't quite get that under control. And especially since this was aimed at, you know, kids and stuff, it seemed basically they, they decided it was too much of a hurdle and they just weren't going to be able to do it. Um, but the the reason that they publicized that they back in you know ninety three or whatever that this happened, the reason that they publicly said they were canceling it was that it was too realistic, and it caused uh, it like posed too high of a risk of injury <laughs> from people you know forgetting they're in VR and moving around and hurting themselves.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. That's some marketing right there. That's good
0: marketing. Have you ever seen one of the like a video of people using VR and they forget? Like usually it's an old older person, like a a dad or grandma or something. (laughs) There's this one like game that seems to be the best for that. I don't even know what it is, but you're like balancing on some beam, and in the game you're like on top of a skyscraper or something like that. (laughs) And there's all these videos of people getting their parents to to put it on and play it and stuff, and they and they're kind of like tippy-toe, and, like, you know, walking in a very narrow line, and then they get to the edge of this beam, <laughs> and they, like, jump off. They just want to jump and soar through the air, I guess. And they inevitably just jump directly into a wall, or the best one is this guy of jumps course. into his TV and knocks it and just destroys it.
1: <laughs> That's actually nuts. You need a big space for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's it's like they actually did the thing that Sega, that Sega said on here where, like, they actually forget... That they're, you know, in a VR setting and uh, end up damaging things and hurting themselves. Uh, but anyway, there was, it's it's a really interesting article. It's uh, gamehistory.org slash VR if you want to read about it. It's, it's actually extremely in-depth on how they got into the source code and figured out this and that and got the game running and stuff. Uh, it's pretty interesting.
1: That's cool. Yeah. That's a really cool story.
0: Uh, and finally, oh, well, okay, sorry. I got one... In between thing, I, this doesn't even really count as news, but it's it's uh, you and I talked about it very briefly, and it's so it's so absurd that uh, I, I got to bring it up. The Twitch blind playthrough thing. Oh
1: yeah, it's a good one.
0: <laughs> so Twitch has removed the so on Twitch. If you're unfamiliar with Twitch, when you're watching like a channel, then there will be tags that kind of basically categorize. What, what the streamer is doing right now. Uh, like, fucking, I don't know. I don't even know what the tag... Like, probably esports is one, multiplayer, this kind of stuff. I'm sure yeah. the game is... Different
1: languages. Okay, usually.
0: yeah, okay, sure. Probably, uh, like, genres or, or tags. One of the tags is blind playthrough, which, of course, means that they're going through it for the first time, they've never played it, and they're not using any sort of guide. Will Twitch apparently decided that that's an offensive term to use and they, they removed the t- the tag blind playthrough from the site and they replaced it with something like first time playthrough or something. Yeah. Like first
1: that. time playthrough. First time playthrough.
0: I mean, you and I kind of had the same reaction. Like, is is, is this really, really necessary?
1: Well, at first I was like, oh, this is like an onion thing. And I thought it was a troll. <laughs> like, that was my yeah. initial thought was like, oh, this is like the onion or something. And then afterwards I'm like, okay, like I was thinking like, oh, maybe just a lot of people are complaining. Like I, for me, it doesn't obviously affect me, but I was like, oh, okay. Like somebody must've been complaining. And then I read about it and I didn't really see that that was true. So I don't know.
0: I read one person who actually did complain about it and, and I heard, I read things with, I read multiple things. Uh, from blind gamers who were like, "What the hell? Like this is not a <laughs> this is not an issue." The the one one person who and it might have been the person who kind of set the whole thing off. I'm not sure, but this this individual said that it's it's the same situation as when people used to use the term "gay" uh, like as a derogatory term. Oh, yeah. And it's like and she was like, yeah, because then gay, that would mean something bad. And, And they're using blind playthrough in the same way. It's a bad they're saying it's a bad thing. Nobody's saying a blind. There's something bad about a blind playthrough. They're just saying, yeah, I'm going into this without any, you know, any extra information about the playthrough. I'm not I don't know anything about it. I'm going in blind. I'm not reading a thing. Like there's no negative connotation there. But uh that was this one person's argument is that there is that there is a negative connotation there. And apparently Twitch agreed with them. and it's like and, and I mean like you I, I think Jay you and I both are are very uh I, I think we're we're very like open to being sensitive to things that offend other people. Right. Um, yeah. and especially people who, you know, are in some a uh, situation where they have to undergo some sort of hardship, such as maybe blind gamers. But I think like, this is a situation where there's just not a problem. Like there, there's not an issue here to begin with. Like they're not solving a problem. They're just, it's just a very arbitrary thing. I just don't see this term being offensive in any way.
1: No, it seems – it's funny to me. Well, it's not funny to me, but it's just – um, I, I'm more, like, I was, like, very surprised by that. But then also, I don't know how much you've seen what Twitch has been doing recently, but they are going crazy with ads. So, like, same with YouTube. YouTube and, and Twitch both are just getting abusive with ads. Like, I'll log into Twitch. So, first of all, they made it so ad block doesn't work uh, at all, really. Oh, it's right. kind of hard. hard to get working, which, uh, okay, like, that's like whatever. But when I go on there now, it's like when I when I click on a stream, I'll get a pop up that's like, hey, you have to watch five ads back to back to back before, or no, sorry, seven ads. It's seven ads because they're five, it's seven times five. Yeah, seven, like,
0: seven ads. Yeah,
1: yeah, some of them are like 30 seconds, other ones are like 90 seconds, or like three minutes. So it's like... What? I'll log on to Twitch, and I'll see that. Like, seven ads, it'll be like, add one of seven or something. I'm like, oh, thanks for letting me know that I'm not watching Twitch right now. Like, are you guys insane? Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna wait seven minutes to tune into a stream that I've never watched before, just to find out that I do like the person or, or whatever. Like, it's like, I scroll through Twitch a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going crazy with ads right now. Huh.
0: Well, if, if we, like, I mean this genuinely, if, if we have... If we happen to have any blind listeners to this podcast or just anybody who disagrees with me and thinks that it, that it is important that that Twitch makes this move, I, I genuinely want to to hear your side of this because, I mean, I there may be something that I'm just not thinking about that I'm just not considering. I really don't think there is. Like, I've given this thought and I've just, like, really tried to come into this with an open mind, but I just don't see how there's any issue here. And uh, but I am but if if there's somebody who thinks otherwise, I I really do want to hear uh, a, a counter argument. So so please write in if if you feel that we've got this wrong. But to me, it just really seems bizarre. Like just kind of yeah. I mean I think that's the best way to put it. Just bizarre.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty accurate.
0: Okay, last thing we got the game awards coming up tomorrow night. In fact, by the time you're listening to this, uh, they will probably have already happened unless I'm. Like fucking Speedy Gonzalez getting this episode edited and posted, but uh, Game Awards this uh, this Thursday. Why don't we run through the uh, categories real quick? I'm not sure. gonna go through all of them because there's there's like ten just for esports. Any esports ones that that you're interested in particular that you want to hear the nominees for? Jay.
1: Honestly, I don't even remember them. Team player,
0: no. host, games, events, coach.
1: Not really, to be honest Don't you care? Okay, yeah. Because I, I think last time we talked about this, I only knew some of them.
0: All right, that's cool. Yeah, there are a bunch of categories, so I'm just not going to do every single one. Um, Let's skip that one. So I'm not going to read all these. I'm just going to hit on some of the main categories. Yeah, I don't think we care about content creator of the year. All right, best multiplayer. Here we go. Uh, Animal Crossing. That's kind of weird. Animal Crossing. I mean, I know it has multiplayer, but not
1: yeah, really. Yeah, I wouldn't would like consider more of a single-player game, but
0: okay. Um. Uh, okay, so best multiplayer, Animal Crossing, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys, or Valorant.
1: Well, Among Us didn't even make it.
0: No, I, that was the second one that I said.
1: Oh, I didn't hear you say that part. <laughs> of- <laughs> um,
0: I think it's going to come down to... the. I, 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 I think it's got to be Among Us, don't you?
1: I mean, it's been the year of Among Us, but yeah.
0: Either that or Fall Guys. I think it's going to have to be one of those. Um best sports slash racing game dirt five F1 2020 FIFA 21 NBA 2k21 uh, 2k21 uh Tony Hawk Pro Skater one and two any thoughts I, I haven't played any of these I'm not really nope. familiar with any
1: of them maybe Tony Hawk because that was kind of a streamer thing for a minute
0: okay best sli- best sim slash strategy Crusader Kings 3 Desperados 3 Gears Tactics Microsoft Flight Simulator, XCOM Chimera Squad. Any thoughts? Nope. As much as I would love Crusader Kings 3 to win, I think you got to give this one to Microsoft Flight Simulator. They just did such a fantastic... It's That's kind of like a... like the, Just the technology of that game, it's kind of like a marvel. Uh, I feel like that's that's got to win it. But it's kind of weird that they have sim and strategy combined? I don't know. Because like... Think about it. You're you're comparing Microsoft Flight Simulator to Crusader Kings Three and Gears Tactics. Just seems kind of odd.
1: Yeah, that is kind of weird to pair them all together. Or them all together, rather.
0: best family game: Animal Crossing, Crash Bandicoot Four, Fall Guys, Mario Kart Live, Home Circuit, Minecraft Dungeons, or Paper Mario Origami King. Oof. I think you got to do Animal
1: Crossing on this. Yeah, one. I feel like that's a given for Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. cool.
0: best fighting God, game. How
1: disappointing was Origami King?
0: Yeah, I heard a lot of mixed stuff about did it. Did you play that? No, you I hated it. I you told hated it It was so boring. I st- I might try it out still sometime, but no, I have not. And no, I, I oh, by all means, I won't. I won't soon. It just
1: was. It, it was the worst of that series so far. Was it? Did you play the Wii U one?
0: Color Splash. Switch. No, no, no. The, did you play... The, so, like, I'm talking about this, the Paper Mario series. Paper Mario Color Splash on Oh, Wii I'm U. sorry.
1: Yeah, did, yeah. I've played all of them so far, I believe. Oh, was so Color Splash Thousand any Door good? I heard Color original. Splash
0: wasn't very good.
1: Well, let me go this. I actually don't know about that.
0: It was on Wii U. Well, while you're looking that up, we got Best Fighting Game, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter 5 Champion Edition, one punch man and under night in under night in birth. EXE colon late parentheses CL dash R.
1: Was that Elon Musk's kid?
0: <laughs> I love these ridiculous fighting game names. It's so often the fighting game ones that I have never heard of this, but just based on the title, I've got to look this up now. Um, Anyway, I don't really... I mean, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, I'm sure that's that's a possibility, but I don't know. Who knows? I don't really know enough about any of these. Uh, best role-playing game, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3, Yakuza Like a Dragon.
1: Wow. I thought it either got to be Persona, or um, what was the one you said before, Persona?
0: Uh, Genshin Impact?
1: Yeah, Genshin Impact. That game is crazy popular.
0: Is it? I knew yeah. it was like... I've heard of it, and I knew it was fairly popular. I didn't know it was big. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. The only one I've played of those is Final Fantasy VII Remake, so I can't really make a prediction there. Best action adventure game, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, The Last of Us Part II. I didn't well, Star Wars. Oh, okay, I think it came out like late last year, like after the awards. Um, I take you, you don't really have much input on this one.
1: No, I've heard good things a lot about a lot of them, but no.
0: Yeah, I me mean, either. Once again, I've only played one of these, so I can't say best action game: Doom Eternal, Hades, Half Life, Alex, Neo Two, Streets of Rage Four. Hey, we played that one.
1: Gotta be Hades.
0: I think it's uh, yeah. How's, how how could it not be Hades? I, I haven't played. Have you? You haven't played
1: Hades, have you? No, I've watched Hunter and Zack play a ton though.
0: I have not played it yet, but it, it like the uh, super giant games. I liked uh, what's their big one that, that like was the first big one that they made. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll have to. It's it's should be extremely obvious. I just can't think of the name of it. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of their art style, but like they make really good games. Uh, I mean, their art's beautiful, but I don't know. So like, their art is beautiful. If I was watching a movie or, or something, but like for, for some reason, I don't like there's kind of art style for games and I, I'm, I'm being very, very, uh, like extremely picky here because again, they make beautiful art, but something about it doesn't feel right for a video game to me, but I just keep hearing such fucking amazing things about, um, about Hades that I, I'm just going to finally have to give it a shot.
1: Didn't uh, Cyberpunk
0: come out today? I think it... Oh, oh, yeah, it did come out today. Oh, Bastion is the game of theirs that I was thinking of. Um,
1: Oh, Bastion's a really good game.
0: Yeah, Bastion is good. Uh, Yeah, Cyberpunk came out, I think, like, a couple hours ago. Any interest? Uh,
1: Not really. I don't really like single-player games that much, but I may give it a try at some point.
0: But don't you love, like... See, I thought I would have thought this would be a game that you'd like because you love. I mean, I know it's not the same thing exactly, but you love the the Fallout games, and this is like kind of ru- like vaguely along the same lines, right? Like open yeah, world RPG. I, I just
1: realistically, I, I I don't. I'll be honest with you, like I don't like super open worldy type things. Like I'm playing Breath of the Wild. I got Breath of the Wild for the Switch, and i played it before. I played it for the Wii U when I had a Wii U, um, and I like how that game is open. Like I if it's too open, I just get overwhelmed and get bored and I just stop playing. What's more open than like that? That's why I didn't really like like I feel like Skyrim is like more open than than Breath of the Wild. Like oh, I feel yeah, like there's okay. a consistent You know what I mean? Like Skyrim you can just like fuck off into Oblivion and do whatever, but it's like I feel like Breath of the Wild no matter what you're doing you're always sort of toward, working towards an end goal. But I don't know. I, 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 They're just games that are like completely open world like that. I don't really enjoy them. I like having some form of a track or something to follow.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I can. I I go back and forth. It totally depends on my mood. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes something open sounds perfect right now. And other times like, no, I, I need a little bit more direction. I don't want to just wander aimlessly for hours.
1: Yeah, Um, I actually agree with that because there are days like when my brain is just tired and it's like I just don't feel like thinking and I don't want to do anything. Like, I don't want to have to sit there and like decide on a bunch of random shit. I also don't really like a whole lot of story driven games, too, which primarily you know, these these big RPGs like this are extremely story driven. So,
0: huh, that's that surprises me also. Um, I'm the same way with uh, especially first person shooter games. Very occasionally, I'll really be in the mood for one and I'll play one, but. It's like once every year or two I get in the mood for that. And then I'm back mm-hmm. to kind of like my normal stuff. Actually, I just got the bug a couple days ago and started playing uh, doom eternal and I'm really enjoying it. But like when it came out, I guess it came out, well, it came out this year cause it's on some of these lists when it, when it first came out, I had no interest whatsoever in playing it. And I knew in my head I was like, you know, I might I'll probably get in the mood for it at some point, but right now I really could not care less. But I'm playing it now and it's pretty badass. All right, a uh, few more categories. Innovation in accessibility. Uh, this is recognizing software and/or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. Assassin's Creed Valhalla grounded. Hyperdot, don't know what that is. The Last of Us Part Two and Watch Dogs Legion. I don't really know how any of those games do that, but I haven't played because I haven't played any of them, but so I can't really comment there. Best VR slash AR dreams. Half Life Alex. Marvel's Iron Man VR. Star Wars Squadrons. The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Uh, skip a couple of these. Best, uh, yeah, skip that. Uh, best Indie Game, Carry On, Fall Guys, Hades, Spelunky 2, Spiritfarer. Again, I don't see. I mean, I guess it could be Fall Guys or Hades, but it seems like Hades would be the favorite there. Um, yeah, I've
1: definitely
0: heard the most about Hades this year. Yeah. Let's see. Let's skip a couple of these other ones. Best audio design, Doom Eternal, Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil 3, Last of Us Part 2. Best score and music, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, The Last of Us Part 2. I gotta say, Doom Eternal has a banging soundtrack. It is killer. Best art direction, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Last of Us Part 2. Um, I think i has got to go to Hades or Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Best narrative: Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Last of Us Part Two. Best game direction: Almost the exact same list. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life, Alex, Last of Us Part Two, and finally, Game of the Year: Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ghosts of Ghost of Tsushima. I have such a hard time saying that. Hades, Animal Crossing, or Last of Us Part Two. Any, what, what do you think about Game of the Year, Jay? What, what do you think is going to win?
1: I don't know. That, obviously, there's a, a lot of overlap. It, it's. I feel like I'm never going to be right in my predictions, so I don't <laughs> know. What to be honest with you,
0: I think I, I feel like I keep going back to Hades. Like, I just keep hearing nothing but, like, amazing praise about that game. I mean, Animal Crossing was fantastic. I will be very happy if that won. Final Fantasy VII Remake was great. I don't see it beating Animal Crossing or Hades. Animal Crossing just had such wide appeal. Going into
1: COVID, too.
0: Yeah, 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 that uh doom eternal i mean i could see that doing well also but it, it's like you know whereas doom eternal seemed like most people liked it and they had a few complaints about it here and there like i've just heard nothing but gushing praise from everybody who's played hades so f- to me it seems like that's gotta win but again i've only played three of these games so so i don't know so that's the uh, game awards they are on tomorrow night and I think that's it for, uh, for
1: for news. Hey, you got something? Did I see... I saw something go by on my news feed at some point about a Metal Gear Solid TV show. Whoa. Is that you tell real? Me more. I, 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 I like, saw it in passing. I was working. So I was like, oh, I can't click on this right now. And then I forgot to read about it afterwards. But I was just scrolling through something and I, I was thinking about it. Um, I could be wrong, but I swear I saw somebody was talking about it.
0: I have not heard anything i there have been talks for years about them making a movie uh it's one of those things that i don't think is ever going to happen but every once in a while you hear like somebody kind of brings it up and people start speculating again um but i have not heard anything about the tv show
1: yeah google's not saying anything either i wonder what it was damn i wish i would have saved whatever it was
0: maybe somebody said wouldn't that be awesome if is that maybe it
1: no. I don't remember where it was, but okay. okay. It probably wouldn't be that good anyways, let's be real. Be real. Video game adaptation <laughs> to movies are generally... I be mean, rough.
0: I would give it a chance, I'll tell you that. I know you would. <laughs> okay, Jay, so what game... Or, all right, so we got Game of the Quarter. Final Fantasy Eleven. You want to... what? So this was your choice this time. I'm going to let you choose. You want to get... Go ahead and do that one first, or do you want to talk about our other games first?
1: Let's do that first. I was thinking the same uh, I'm cool thing. With that. Yeah, I'm just feeling really motivated to talk about it.
0: <laughs> you sound like it. All right. You want do you to, me to uh, start? Well, okay. You, oh. you start. So, real quick, though, I'll, I'll just say Final Fantasy 11. This was the, the very first Final Fantasy MMO. Of course, there have only been two there was this one and Final Fantasy 14, which is, of course, the more. Uh, like the one that that most people play today, the final fantasy 11 came out in, uh, Japan in 2002 for PC and PS2. Um, and then it later came out in the U S at the end of October. or I'm sorry. It came out later in the U S at the end of 2003. It was October, 2003 for PC. And then March of 2004 for ps2 and then later later it came out for xbox 360 360 but the uh so so bottom line japan 2002 uh us 2003 2004 take it away
1: perfect um so robert and i played this together uh and it was extremely challenging to get working to to start off (laughs) right off the bat so and this is us going to squaresoft and saying hey we're interested in playing your game yeah uh, let us know what is needed for it. And they said, hey, go here. Uh, you have to download our thing. I, I won't go through all the hoops we had to go through, but I, I will say we should prob- go through all the hoops. Okay. We, we,
0: we didn't do this for nothing.
1: So if you ever think about playing this game, don't. Uh, just <laughs> on the basis of the amount of, of front-end time it takes to get set up. You have to have a Square Enix account as well as another type of account. Play online. Account- Play online account. Uh, the game is free to try. You don't have to pay for it. Uh, you can play for, I think, 14 days or something for free without getting charged anything, and you don't have to add a credit card or anything. So the one positive side of it. However, to get it on, to get it working, so you go to the website, you make a Square Enix account, then you go to the Final Fantasy XI website, you download the game. It comes in multiple parts. You have to download all of the parts oh, individually. Oh, I forgot about
0: that. Yeah, you have to download five like five segments segments individually and then like run them one at a time or something like that
1: yeah you have to consolidate them all and then run them together i think there was like a tool or something that either ran them together there was a there was an executable file that that brought them all together or something so you do that piece of it um and then you also had to patch it which the patching wasn't too bad it probably took 15 20 minutes at most i think to to fully uh I, i think so it wasn't too bad to patch installation took a decent amount of time um, and I actually had to restart my computer a few times because it, it kept causing issues with my computer just because, I don't know, it was using a lot of resources to install, uh, even though it wasn't, the, the, the biggest file size was like a couple gigs, like it wasn't any, anything massive in terms of size. So once you get that done, then you have to go and make a play online account, uh, which you think you're done. You think you can boot it up and then you get on there and the interface, all console. So you have this, this window that is very small and Robert and I learned later on, you can enlarge it and it's like navigating through a console almost like a PlayStation 2 menu are oh, you trying to can navigate can i
0: interrupt can i interrupt real fast tell me yeah, tell yeah. me tell me if you're getting this but i think you left one part out which is after you go on after you go set up your play online account mm-hmm. then you have to like tr- like i forgot what the exact it was some weird terminology if, like, you have to merge like it or transfer your play online account back to your square enix account but when you do so like it's like all right go to this page and now here are your options and it's like you click on one of two or three buttons like multiple different times and they're all so vaguely worded that you have no idea what you're supposed to click on. It's like like this isn't exactly right, but an example might be a transfer account or merge account or setup account or something like that. You're like, I don't know what you want me to do here. Just like tell me what I need to do. There are so many parts of that where you're apparently, like you said, merging these two accounts or something, but then they give you options and it's like, I have no idea which of these options I'm supposed to be doing. And then the, like the instructions are equally confusing. Like the whole, like it took us so long just to figure out like what buttons we were supposed to be pushing to set up these accounts.
1: And I was going to say, so so re- w- when we found out we had to do that, so you go through this this window I was talking about, and then you get to a point where it's like, log in. And you're like, okay, I logged in. It's like, well, that, that's not the right idea. Wait, what do you, <laughs> and it's like, well, you have your, your Play Online account okay, so you use the Online account. And then it's like, okay, log in again. It's like, okay, and then you log in. It's like, no, that's not right. And we're like, what? What is going on? And so we're reading online and people are saying you have to merge your two accounts together in order to get it to work, which the merging part took hours. Like I had to reset my password multiple times. And meanwhile, you you can't, it's not like easy where you can just like copy paste your information and keep going. It's a console window. So you have to, (laughs) you know, like those old school RPGs where there's some rows of letters and numbers. You have to go through that in order to enter enter in your... We're talking a full email address, password, every single time that you want to log into this thing and just to see if you get it right. So, realistically, we probably spent, what, three, maybe four hours just trying to get this set up. If I think we spent, sessions, like, f-
0: until Final Fantasy eleven itself was actually installing and downloading updates and stuff, it was about two and a half hours to get just to that point from from where we started. And there was... what yeah. Just to... One more detail, like, about all these weird logins that it's asking for. I went back and looked it up, and I found a screenshot uh, of this. I guess I didn't look in to see what the context of why people were had these screenshots on their websites. I don't know if they were maybe pointing out how, like, absurd it was, like us, or if it was, or if it was for some other reason. But I found where people had posted pictures of this. Just to refresh my memory... The first time login screen, once, once you finally get your accounts set up in the first place, these are all the fields you have to fill out for the first time login. The, these are just what they're named, okay? They're named they're, so there's a field member name, then play online ID, then play online password, then optional member password, then semi-optional square enix ID, then an optional one-time password for Square Enix ID. This is on one single login window. You don't know, again, some of these are required, but the other ones you don't know. Like, like for instance, the Square Enix one, above the field it says, please enter your Square Enix ID if necessary. How the fuck do I know if it's necessary? You tell me if it's necessary.
1: <laughs> and it is, by the way. It's very necessary to play <laughs> Okay, go
0: ahead. Sorry, I just that that was no, like the icing on the cake. After we got through all this shit, then we get this fucking login screen that asks for three different user IDs and two or three passwords, depending.
1: And again, we're doing this like the way that they want us to do it. We're not going to some private server and trying to play the game through means of <laughs> you know that, that's not supported. This is on their website. It's like, a, oh yeah, play school Final Fantasy game and. And try it out and see how you like it. And this is what you, you're faced. With. It's like in my head, I'm like, I'm I'm intending to pay for this. Like, are you guys insane? Like, imagine paying dollars or whatever it is, and to spend five hours this game up. It, it would just be. I'd be like, no, I'm done. Like, this is. Are you insane? Like, I'm not even gonna get halfway through this before I give up. So I, yeah. realistically, if Robert wasn't there, I would have given up halfway through and been like, fuck this. I'm done. It, it, it was, we got to, there was a couple times where we got completely stuck. We're like, what yeah. are you asking? Like, can you, can you like elaborate? Like Robert and I are going back and forth and we're, there th- combined brains, like slowly making progress through this.
0: <laughs> we're like screen sharing with each other. Like, all right, no, yeah, try clicking here. All right. Now try this ID. Like it was, it was absolute insanity. It should not take two and a half hours. Just to figure out how to start installing the game.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was not a good experience. And oh, then and we then and I, for- I forgot when I
0: installed mine. When I finally got the play online, I shit like all set up. Then I clicked like play Final Fantasy, where you finally get to play, and it said could not find Final Fantasy Eleven. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had to had to start all over again.
1: I did forget about or I actually did forget about that. That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so after all that, um, Robert, I get into the, the character creation screen, which was kind of interesting. You know, there's some some uh, basic customizations to it. The classes were kind of interesting. Um, but it's very similar to the newer Final Fantasies where you have different classes that are uh, jobs, I guess you'd call them. And you can switch jobs pretty seamlessly. You can switch jobs. So if you make a character, it's not just one role you can actually switch over time not wait, the i got to that point i didn't yeah, know yeah, 100%. really yeah so yeah, yeah. You pro- probably jobs.
0: not right off the bat though right like you probably have to get to uh, a point
1: i think there was a currency or something i don't remember exactly what it was but there was a way to do it pretty okay. early on okay I didn't know uh that. that i read so you could switch jobs robert i never got that far um i played a hunter
0: you played okay so the definite rogue. You might have been th- okay. So the the jobs are warrior, monk, thief, white mage, red mage, black. I was a mage. monk.
1: I was a monk. That's right. I was a monk.
0: You were a monk, okay. And the races. And you were a red mage. I think. I right? was a red mage. The races were Hume, which guess what that's like. Uh, Elvan, guess what that's like. Taru Taru, which is like the which is little short
1: cat people. No no no, that right? was
0: Mithra. I oh. think Taru Taru was like if you've played Final Fantasy fourteen, it's Lalafells this little babies, basically. And then Galka. I don't even remember what Galka... Maybe Galka was the... There's Galka and Mithra. I'm pretty sure Mithra was the cat people. I don't remember. I'm looking it up. I don't remember what Galka is. Oh, Galka, Oh, sorry. Yeah, Galka is kind of like your uh, orc type character.
1: Okay. I think I played an elf because I think that was the best one for the monk based on what I read.
0: You did because I played elf too and I remember we both did the same thing.
1: Oh, yeah. So... Once we got in, Robert and I were not near each other. We spawned in two separate locations uh, based on our our starting. And we tried to find each other. I don't remember any of the town names. It doesn't matter. But we, we started in this town. You do these very basic introductory quests that were insanely hard to figure out because the UI is absolutely atrocious. Um, there's there's very, it's not intuitive at all. There's certain commands <laughs> that you should kind of know going into this. Like You, you basically need a cheat sheet to play this game. Uh, because there's a lot of commands and interactions with creatures that you need to know how to do, including, like, targeting, including uh, opening the map and using the map effectively was, was kind of a pain in the ass. And then also understanding how quests work was a bit of a challenge for us. But for the first first probably 30 minutes, Robert and I were trying to find each other, which was not an easy task because we didn't know the town, we didn't know the names or how they were connected and stuff. So Maps
0: are hard to, like, parse.
1: <laughs> yeah, the maps weren't super friendly, so... We did the basic introductory level quests, which were really boring and just kind of... It's like, go talk to this person, basically. Yeah, you're sort of of run-of-the-mill entry-level MMO quests. Nothing crazy there. But then we got to the point where we got to start killing stuff. And, And I will say, you know, killing stuff was somewhat fun, but the interactions like how you actually do things there's not a hot bar so you have to go into menus and like choose your class things yeah. and work to do it effectively yeah everything which is kind of a pain.
0: everything is menu driven like jay said there's no hot bar if you want to attack a bad guy guess what you're going through menu
1: yeah which is it's pretty challenging and you also you can't easily escape a fight so if you which you can't tell like oh, yeah. we had no idea how to tell how strong the monster was if you overextended and you were getting run down by a mob, running away from it was not a a, a task that you could do. It would chase you, I, I think, indefinitely. Because I think every time you I would get run, to a
0: town, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, true, true, obviously, yeah. But if I, anytime I tried to run, uh, I would get run down by the mob. They would literally follow me, and, and no matter where I went to, and, and kill me.
0: I do remember <laughs> that being a very, very funny thing. So I played this when it originally came out for a couple months. And one of the funniest things you could see in game is you're out, you know, a bunch of people are out just farming mobs or whatever. And you see one guy just running by with like 10 mobs behind him. That was always a really funny sight.
1: Oh, I can only imagine. You're like, do I want to help this person? No, I don't feel like dying right
0: now. I'm just going to watch.
1: Uh, some of the other things. That, so, so the combat itself was really boring. It was not really intuitive. The music was it was, it was okay. The graphics were were pretty tough for sure. It's a, it's it's a pretty old MMO, so uh, the graphics weren't the thing that I was necessarily most excited for. Obviously, I was hoping that the gameplay would be pretty good. The the one of the mechanics that was really frustrating and stupid was sometimes when you killed mobs, they would drop a treasure chest. Oh my gosh! And I when you, you talk about this, and when you attempt to open it, it would say type a number between one and ninety nine or one and hundred, and you're like okay sixty four, and it's like. It's less than 64. Okay. 32. It's greater than 32. Okay. uh, 45. It's less than 45. Okay. 38. Oh, you failed to open it. It despawns.
0: (laughs) All right. Let me, I would like to elaborate on this a little bit. If you don't mind, I was, this is one of the things I was going to talk about if you didn't. So it's, as you said, it's a chest and whoever is the one person to get it right. Only that one person gets what's in the chest. So it's kind of like a competition. It's kind of like you're rolling. No, wait, wait. Was it, this is a different thing. No, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, there are two types of loot. There's a regular loot that you roll for, right? And then there's this that you're talking about. But even this, but still, only one person gets what's in the chest, right? It's whoever guesses the number first gets it, right? Yep. Okay. That's I okay. Think so yeah, okay. yeah. That's what I thought. And so it is exactly what Jay just said. But the interface for doing so is inspired by like. The Final Fantasy One oh, buying yeah. hundred potions in a shop interface because not only does it do you have to keep guessing the numbers, but you have to go through about five messages each time to put in your numbers. It says, "There's a chest here. Um, it looks like you need to put in a number. Would you like to try to guess the number?" Yes. The number is between one and ninety-nine. You think it might have like sometimes it'll say you have a feeling it starts with an even number or it'll like give you some clue like that. Um, Would you like to type in a number? Yes. What number would you like to do? You know, twenty-four or whatever. Uh, It doesn't open. And then you want to do it again. Oh, there's a chest here. Would you like to examine it? Yes. And it's that every single every single guess you want to do on the chest, you have to go through that whole thing. So keep in mind, this is meant to be just in the middle of while you're out farming, you know, with a small party of people. Like, how badly does that grind everything to an absolute halt when you're just out trying to play the game?
1: Yeah, it, it was actually extremely time consuming uh, between fights. It was just, it was like after a while, we're like, fuck it, we just don't even care anymore. Yeah, yeah.
0: After like two of them, we were like, fuck it.
1: Yep. Uh, so beyond that, we didn't really do many quests. I'll be honest with you, like Robert and I put a, a couple hours into this, but it was, it got to a point where it, there was just nothing that was appealing. Like early on, it was like, okay, maybe the quests would be kind of cool. Okay, the quests are boring. The interface sucks. Maybe the combat will be fun. Combat's not that intuitive. Okay, maybe if I just get a couple levels higher, it'll be more, enjoying, more enjoyable. That didn't change. And we're at some point where i were like, I think I'm done. <laughs> like, I, I think I've seen all I needed to see in order to to make a de- decision on this one. And at the end of it, we were pretty quick to get I uninstalled it immediately after Robert and I played the last time because yeah. it was just not gonna happen like there's no way i'm ever gonna try that game again
0: well it just wasn't so like it's so hard for like even when one of us would die or something we go back to to the same general area there's not a good way just to find somebody you have to try to actually like you can't you can look at a map but as far as we can figure out there's no way to say oh here's my party member on a map you just have to like talk to each other to try to see like okay i'm by this giant tower How how about you oh yeah and there's no built-in way to, do, to figure out where somebody is so that was a huge pain um also th- like so i felt no driving force to keep playing it like you, as you said there were a couple a couple quests at the beginning but they weren't even really quests it was like you go talk to this person they're going to teach you about being a red mage or something like that and then you talk to them for a second and they basically say all right go out and uh level up to level five and come talk to me when you're done There's no sense of urgency. There's like, I'm thinking back on final fantasy 14, for instance, and I'm sure you have plenty of examples from world of Warcraft where it's like, okay, you know what? Oh, I see. You're a new adventurer. I could use some help clearing out these like mean ladybugs in the forest that are becoming a nuisance to travelers, go kill a couple of them and come back and we'll talk about it, you know? And so you're like, Oh, I'm, I am needed, I need to, you know, this is, this is like what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go here, kill a couple of these things. And and this is the purpose it's serving. Whereas in this game, it's just, you know, go out and, and fight stuff and come back later. You don't feel like there's any real purpose behind what you're, They they do a very bad job of giving you a purpose for the things that you're doing. It's just. Oh, get stronger and come talk to me again. Not, Oh, I could use you to, to accomplish this job. You does that make sense? You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean.
0: And, and, and furthermore, as we're doing that, there's basically one area for us to do it in a very bland area. Nonetheless, it's just a desert basically. And there's like three different types of mobs. So on top of there not really being a driving force behind what we're doing, the 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 act of farming itself was not very interesting either because you're just fighting the same three types of mobs over and over again. Everything looks kind of bland and drab and just brown. And that's what we were meant to just do for a couple hours until we get stronger and then come back and talk to him again.
1: Yeah, and like the interactions with the mobs weren't, Exciting. There was nothing engaging about it. It wasn't like you were trying to like if the mob is doing a big ability, you're trying to kite him or avoid him. Yeah. And when he's casting a spell, you can't really interrupt him. Like and maybe, maybe the abilities got more complex like that down the line, but it was uh it didn't feel like it was getting there in a timely fashion at all.
0: No, definitely not. Because we got up to I think we got up to level five, right? Maybe six.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: And I got one spell as a red mage and it was just a damage dealing spell. I don't know about you as far as abilities go. Did you unlock anything?
1: Yeah. I got a couple spells. They were all like really just more damage. I I don't think there was anything that was interesting that came from it.
0: Um, yeah. So spell, you know, not interesting spells, the combat combat. There's not much to, to do or to think about the UI was close. So, well, you keep going. I I'll, I'll, back up until actually i I
1: don't have much else to say beyond that
0: (laughs) yeah i guess that's kind of that's kind of where we called it quits we were like between three hours of installation and maybe what like two or three more hours of playing is that is that what you'd say
1: probably yeah probably probably three three
0: and a half um we just hadn't done anything fun yet (laughs) it's i guess the best way to put it this was the best way that I can feel the, the best way that I can describe the way the game felt to play to me was depressing because not only was it just not fun, but also like the gate, the place at least on the server we were on was an absolute ghost town. The entire time that Jay and I played, I saw two other people, um, and i think one of those was i think one of those was a bot <laughs> and so it it, fe- it feels like you're at some amusement park that nobody goes to anymore but like the people who are who were like the npcs the people who work there are desperately trying to play their parts just like they're supposed to and act like this is all important and stuff but in the back of your head you're like none of this matters cuz everybody else well i mean Obviously, not a ton of people play this game anymore. But the people who do play it, my understanding is they're off in just higher level areas, and there's no kind of reason for them to be back in these starting areas where we mm-hmm. are. Whereas in, and I, I don't, you can talk about, you can maybe, I don't know how it is for World of Warcraft, but in Final Fantasy XIV, they're like the starting areas. They are always there for like at least on the servers that I'm on. There they are always filled with people. You always have reason to go back there to do this or that. There's tons of people just hanging out all the time or running around doing things. And it feels like a populated world. Whereas this game, it felt like just, you know, there was, there was tumbleweed passing by.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. This game was, was definitely, at least from what we saw, very, very dead.
0: Um, and <laughs> what are the, one of the things about the, you were talking about like everything is UI driven but the UI is so bad it's kind of funny that that's that it's such a big part of it but it's so clunky at the same time it, they kept saying like NPCs around the beginning kept saying uh, go to the main menu and press map to do this or that or go to the main menu and do this and I could not for the life of me figure out the main menu Of course I tried escape and spacebar and escape brings up a menu but it's not the main menu. The button to bring up the main menu is the minus button. oh yeah how the hell is that does that make any sense?
1: Yeah didn't you end up googling that as well yeah
0: I had to, yeah exactly I had to look it up because there's nowhere that says like they could just say hey, press this button <laughs> to bring up the main menu um I mean, maybe there's a way to rebind that, but they could at least take the you know, See what your bind uses and say, hey, press this button. But no, they, they don't ever tell you. They just say, bring up the main menu. That's evidently how you do it. Or that is how you do it. Um, the only other things I have to say that I can, oh, oh Oh, remember the camera?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I completely forgot about the that. The
0: camera has velocity. So when you move the camera around your character, it doesn't just stop when you stop moving it. It like drifts to a stop when you stop moving your mouse.
1: Yeah. And it, it, you think like Robert's like, Oh, just leave it where it is. It's not a big deal. But if you walk near, it's not a big deal, but it's more manageable, I guess is the best, best way to say it. But yeah, it's it best is just to not adjust it. The second you walk near anything though, like any objects, you have to pan your camera because you otherwise you'll have nothing <laughs> able to see anything. So no matter what you're sc- you're damned. If you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Um,
0: the, uh, the only other input I have is, is, my experience when I used to play this when it, when it originally came out. So it was very popular uh, on release. This was, it came out just a little bit before world of Warcraft did. So WoW hadn't overtaken the world yet, so people were still kind of more, more or less like playing other MMOs besides world of Warcraft. Uh, And this was kind of the most popular one at the time when it came out. And I played it, like I said, a month, maybe two months, and I had a lot of fun. Uh, and one thing, I think we said—I don't think we said this tonight, but one of the other mechanics of it, we've talked about this previously on the podcast, is when you die, you lose XP.
1: Oh, yeah. I and, did forget about that. And
0: you can level down from that. Uh, a lot of people don't like that, but I actually really didn't mind it. It, it, it. I think it accomplishes what it's meant to do, which is make there be consequence for dying and make... And it creates more tense situations. It makes you really not want to die. Um, obviously, you know, in in other games, dying is disincentivized by other means. Usually, it's like, oh, well, I got to go through the hassle of getting back to where I was and all this stuff. And yeah, uh-huh. that's that that is that works fine. But but I do like the concept of hey, there's really a penalty for when you're dying. It's it's bad. You really don't want that to happen. I, I kind of like that, even though I yeah, I, I'm I'm not opposed to
1: that necessarily. No. Oh,
0: okay. So you feel the same way? I was going to ask.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I don't mind that. I've, n- I've never played too many MMOs with that mechanic, but I'm definitely not opposed to it.
0: Yeah, this is the only one that I know of that's that's ever done that. Um, there when Of course, back then when it came out, there were lots of people playing, so there were people running around doing stuff all the time. Uh, people were generally pretty friendly when I played too, so that was nice. Um, the So it was pretty grindy, of course, But at the same time, there were enough people around to talk to and to play with while you're grinding that it it wasn't too painful. It was still fun to kind of be in the world and be doing things with with a lot of other people. Uh, One of the bad things about it was that, so you have parties. When when you create a party to go do, I don't know, I don't even remember, do whatever it is, like obviously go fight like a boss or something like that. You really, so the parties are of six people. They made like they balance the game to where you have to have exactly one of every job in your party. Like you can form a party however you want, I I think, but if you don't have one of everything, a monk, a warrior, a thief, a white, red, and black mage, then you're gonna get killed. And that kind of sucked. Um and a lot of I mean like games nowadays really aren't that different. But the problem with this one was there wasn't um, incentive to play other classes. So it made it really, really, really hard. Like it, 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 there wasn't incentive to play the less played classes. I mean, which made it very difficult to form a party because every time you're going to have a hard time finding a white mage and a red mage. Those were the two big ones that you just could not Mm -hmm. find when this came out. I know final fantasy 14, you don't have to have specific classes, but when you do a, uh, um, like a, like a dungeon, basically you need two DPS, one tank and one healer. And it can be any DPS class, any tank class, any healer class. There are multiple ones, but you do have to have those. So you, so you do kind of have to fit the formula still, but at the same time, it's very easy to change classes on the fly in that game, and it's also you also get a bonus if you are—they call it adventurer in need—in that game. So if there <laughs> aren't many white mages at the time, if you play as a white mage, there you get extra XP and extra gil for doing a dungeon as as a white mage, or you know whatever it is that's in need. If, it's if they, ridiculous. If they need a tank, <laughs> then you get extra stuff for being a tank. This yeah, didn't have That's a very
1: common mechanic.
0: Okay. Okay. I figured it probably was. This didn't have anything like that. So you would sit around, and there's not a, there wasn't like a matchmaking, party-making system. It was literally just you standing around yelling in chat for, hey, we need a white mage. Are there any red mages? We're, we need a red mage to finish our party. Like you're just, And sometimes it would take 30, 45 minutes just to find a white mage or a red mage who didn't have a party and uh, to join you, so you could go do whatever it was. So that obviously kind of sucked. That was one of the shortcomings of the game. Um but besides that I did have a lot of fun playing it at the time. Uh one other fun thing about it was I remember there was this ferry and it would take you, you know, obviously from one place to another and I remember everybody saying like hey, don't go out on deck. Just stay inside because there's a chance, some not all the time, but sometimes if you go out on deck, there's a giant squid that attacks and it'll kill you in one hit at your level. And like I would try my best to stay inside, but then I, like curiosity would get the best of me, and I'd be like, "No, no, I gotta go see what's out, what's out in the on the ocean," and I would go out, and of course, the giant squid would start attacking the boat, and I would run back inside and inevitably get killed because even if you run back inside, it would reach its tentacle inside and thwack you and kill you. Uh, <laughs> but like just fun things like that, like it had it had some really cool stuff in it, but playing it now, it's a combination of. Everything being totally empty, and the gameplay just not holding up.
1: Yeah, I think that's a a definite fair pointer, fair point. Uh, it was definitely a miss. It was not really anything that was that was redeeming from my perspective with it, and uh, will not play again. That yeah, I think
0: nice. I think that pretty much sums it up. Definitely will not play again. The the only redeeming thing I can say is that it used to be fun. <laughs> but definitely is not and I like, and again, I'm, I'm really sad to say that the best way I can describe the experience playing it was just depressing. Yeah. On a, on a side note, I was just think I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, it made me think about final fantasy 11 about getting our, like about just how kind of technologically inept they are at the internet.
1: <laughs> oh Yeah.
0: I was um, but so my free company in Final Fantasy fourteen is doing a Secret Santa thing, and I signed up for it, and so I went to. Uh, you can get your person uh like basically whatever you want for Secret Santa. You can if you if you're a high level crafter, you can craft them stuff, or if you want to, you can just buy stuff that's like on the on the store for them. And I just did that because I'm like fairly high level crafter, but but not good enough to like really make cool stuff. So I went to the Final Fantasy XIV like, st- you know, store where you can buy things that you can't actually ma- that you can't actually make in game, and so I was buying a few things for this person. And uh, first off, on the final on the store, and it's it's all cosmetic stuff. So I I think they handle it really well. By the way, I, I will say they do a good job of making all the stuff that you pay for. It's just extra cosmetic things. Um, there is no search button on the website for this. There are categories that you can browse, but you can't search any terms or even if like, you know what it was that you saw, but you can't find it again. There's no way to search for it on the store. You just have to browse until you can find it again. And that's what (laughs) there is no search, but I even asked in game. I was like, Hey, am I missing something or is there actually no search button in the store? They're like, Nope. You just got to browse the categories so uh, I found the stuff that I wanted to get for uh, for, the, for my Secret Santa person. And it was three things, okay? Uh, I go to buy them as a gift. Okay, well, if you're buying it as a gift, you can only buy one thing at a time. All right. So I buy one thing. Go back and buy the second thing. Go back and buy the third thing. On the third time, it says, uh, sorry, there's an error. Here's the error code. Please contact customer support. Of course, of course, there's no button right there for customer support. I have to go find the customer support link. So I look around, eventually find the customer support link. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I got triggered because you, you like were buying multiple things in a row on multiple transactions. Well, of course I was because I was buying gifts and you guys only let me buy one fucking gift at a time. So I had to do multiple transactions. <laughs> but so... I'm, you know, talking to this guy. I'm like, yeah, I bet that it was probably because I did multiple things. He's like, oh yeah, you know that that's probably what triggered it. This is how you fix it: do it in a different browser. So their security system is a client side implementation. It's not on their backend where they say. Hey, this account has been buying multiple things. It's purely based on your fucking cookies and stuff. Whereas like where your brow, if your browser says you've been here, been to this page multiple times, then your browser will block you. But then if you just use a different web browser, then you're fine. That's the, uh, that's the account security that they have in place for that.
1: Yeah, considering how hard it is to—I mean, realistically, if somebody wanted to steal my my account, they couldn't if they wanted to. Let's be real; they'd have to go <laughs> through all the prompts on their website. Good luck.
0: Yeah. Uh, well. Okay. Yes. It, it, well, account. I think account is would probably be a little bit more difficult, but as well, I don't know. Maybe I don't even know. But purchases, I will I will give them credit. I'd say, and I feel like my account's fairly secure. But this, but the purchases thing, it just doesn't make any sense. No part of it made sense. It's mm-hmm. again, Square Enix. You've made some great stuff. You've also done some very strange things.
1: Yeah, they. This was based on what we went through alone. Was extremely disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To well, say at the least.
0: There's Final Fantasy Eleven. Any any final words? I think we pretty much. I think no. we pretty much done it. I think we kind of went over
1: everything. Not worth it.
0: Not worth it. Okay. That was that was disappointing because I actually I really thought I really had pretty good memories of it. and I was looking forward to playing it, but no, it's it's can't recommend it anymore. Mm-hmm. OK, I've got a couple more games. Do you have any more, Jay?
1: Yeah, one of the game plays well.
0: All right. why well, don't I'll I'll do one play. of mine then you do yours and then I'll go back and cap us off. Sounds good. All right. My second game is fairly short. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. This is Driver for PS1 came out in 1999. Most of you are probably familiar with this game. It's a, uh, of course, it's a, it's a car driving game where uh, you are, you're doing jobs for criminals, running drugs, running money back and forth, doing whatever. And you're trying to evade the police while you do so. Um, it's not, uh, it's not a racing game. Cause you're not, uh, well, probably some missions you are, but for the most part, you're not actually racing other cars, but you're racing the clock. In, in basically, well, in in most of the missions, um, you're technically you are uh, story-wise, you are an undercover cop, and of course, it's like nobody knows you're in this. Like, you gotta throw, you, you gotta give me your badge, and I, like one guy in the whole police station, your boss is the only person who has any information on you. So it's like you can't get busted, or else you're, you know, this or that. Like, yeah, okay, I feel really safe doing this with only one person knowing I'm undercover. But uh, that's, that's the story. And the whole game is just, you know, start here, take the drugs to this place, or get here to talk to this guy in a certain amount of time. That's 90% of the missions. Um, there are a few different locales, but they're all pretty big. The first one is kind of, I think it's kind of like supposed to be sort of a Miami type of place. There's a San Francisco area. And I forgot what the other two are. I didn't actually get to them. In, uh, in the game. In fact, as far as the campaign goes, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually get past the Miami place. I did maybe six missions or so and kind of got my fill of the game. But I did on some of the special modes. I played uh, the San Francisco area, and it was pretty fun. But the problem with this was – so the, it's a good game. The physics are fantastic and probably the best part of the game. Everything feels real. The crashes feel real. Your car, like – does crazy shit if you, if you hit stuff go, like going super fast. Uh, the damage always looks good. The acceleration and turning and all that, it feels right. It's really fun. It really is fun, like racing through the streets, dodging cars, getting away from police once they start chasing you to try to get to where you're going on time. It It is really a, a well-done game. But, you know, after six or seven missions, you're still in the same city and most of the time you're going on the same streets like they don't do a good job of giving you different places in the city to go to even though the city itself is fairly big it's not like gta big or anything like that but you know it's it's uh for, for a ps1 game it's a fairly big city for some reason they you're almost always going back and forth between the same two places or like very close to the same two places so you kind of End up just traversing the same the same roads a lot, so that gets a little bit old. the The best part for me of the game was not the actual campaign, but one of the kind of extra modes that the game has: survival mode. For me, was the most fun that I had, and I think I've talked about this before. I, me and my friends used to play this at my house after school all the time. We would just play survival mode, and. Survival mode is there are you start off and there are four or five cop cars just gunning at you and, you and you're starting from a stopped position. So you just have to gun it and try to get away from them and it's purely see how long you can survive. They're just going balls to the wall, wrecking into you. And especially if you play it on this, on the San Francisco map, because there's giant hills, you know, like in San Francisco, mm-hmm. they will go flying and they'll like bounce into buildings, and like the physics that will just send them straight up in the air, like ten stories high. It is hilarious. They're, they're crashing into other, into each other. They're crashing into other cars. They're crashing into you. They're flying off hills. It is. But and somehow it still kind of feels vaguely like realistic physics-wise the whole time. It's not like ra- It's not like uh, you know. How sometimes in physics, something will hit something wrong and just skyrocket and shoot straight up into the air for <laughs> infinity. It wasn't ever anything like that. Like everything looked like it could be vaguely plausible. So it keeps kind of a realism that makes it even more funny. Uh, this was for me the the, the by far the most the most fun part of the game. The campaign was good, but again, it, it got a little bit too repetitive, even though they did mix it up sometimes like some, like one of the missions for instance was here's this, it was, I think it was a, if I remember correctly, it was a cop car that they had a prisoner in that. now I was trying to bust him out and you have to chase the cop car and do a certain amount of damage before it gets to its destination. And uh, it, like, just by wrecking into it. So that was fun. But again, for the most part, it got a little bit repetitive, but survival mode was a blast just to watch like all these cop cars going hundred miles an hour, just smashing into shit. And you can watch replays and you can save your replays. So if something really, you know, in particularly crazy happens, you can save that and go back and watch it. It was really, it was really a bunch of fun. The, the other thing that I'll point out about this game is it's, it's infamous for its tutorial. Did you ever play driver? No, okay, it's a very I think it's a very good game. It again, you can you, I think you can kind of get the way I feel about it. I had fun with it for a while, but not a super long time. So I wouldn't say you got to rush out and buy it. If you get a chance to play it, definitely do so. But I don't know if I would recommend a buy because it just hasn't it just doesn't have enough variety to, to stay fresh for very long. But the game is infamous for its tutorial. Like, there's a meme I saw, for instance, and it says, when the tutorial is the hardest part of the damn game. And it was Driver. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't... And I actually... I, I'm, I'm not trying to do humble brag material here, but I don't quite understand why it has this reputation because it was never that hard to me. Like, even when I played it upon release, like, seeing people talk about how hard it was, like, nowadays, I was kind of like, I don't really remember it being all that tough. And when I did play the tutorial for this episode, you know, to, to get into the rest of the game, it took me about six tries. So it wasn't anything. I mean, yes, it's not easy. It's, it is kind of tough, but it like I was literally reading people online who said, I never got a chance to play the game because I could not ever get past the tutorial. (laughs) And like, apparently that is a serious problem with a lot of people. What the tutorial is, is you are in a garage, like a like a parking garage, and uh, think of it as like a parking deck. You're on a level of a parking deck, and mm-hmm. you, there are there's a list, there's a checklist of like 10 uh, maneuvers you have to do, and you have, I think, two minutes to do them in. You have to do a 360, you have to do a 180, you have to do like a burnout, you have to do a really hard stop, you have to do a lap around the place, you have to weave between the poles, slalom style and a couple other things. And yes, it is tough to do all of those things within the time limit. But again, it took me like six or seven tries and I just don't understand. Like, like I don't understand, but apparently again, it is a real thing where some people cannot get past the tutorial level. So take that for what it's worth. The tutorial is hard. Gameplay, is good. The physics are great, but it doesn't hold up super great nowadays.
1: So would, or would not recommend,
0: um, I would recommend if you get a chance to play it, if you find it lying around, or if you find it, you know, somewhere for $2 or something like that. Yeah. Give it a shot, play it for a couple hours, but I don't think I would recommend buying it. It's just, uh, it's, you're not going to get enough. You're not going to get enough time out of it. Gotcha. All right, I've got one more, my, my bigger one, but I'm going to give my throat a break. And so, Jay, why don't you take over for a minute?
1: Sure. Uh, so for this episode, I'm continuing my playthrough of Final Fantasy IX, uh, but I'll talk about that more maybe next episode. Based Realistically, I'd like to finish at this point before I say too much more on it. Um, so I did decide to play a second game as well, in addition to playing Final Fantasy XI with Robert, which was only a couple hours. But um, So I did play, decide to play Salamander for the uh, regular Nintendo. Sorry, you broke
0: up just a second right when you
1: said the name of it. No, no worries. Uh, I decided to play Salamander. Salamander? The, yeah, also known as Life Force. It's, uh, oh, it right. Is, it, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is an arcade-style game that was released in 1986 in Japan and then re-released in Europe and in North America. So I actually, I was watching somebody stream this maybe a month ago and i was i thought it was i thought it was like one of the i thought it was like an indie made game that somebody had made like recently and i was like oh this looks really fun like it's it's you know it's a scrolling shooter game or a scrolling shooter game right yeah and i was like watching it and there was a couple mechanics of it and i'll talk about that but i was like oh this is like cool i wonder like how much is this on steam and then i said the name i'm like oh cool and i googled it. i'm like this game came out like 30 years ago like that's, hilarious. With- that's like, awesome
0: I-, I love that how much is this on steam? yeah
1: yeah, that was my first thought. I was like, "Oh, I wonder how much this is on Steam." So this is developed by Konami. This is an arcade-style game, um, and this game is really good. It's it's obviously extremely old, uh, you know, based on the original release date of it. Uh, but this game is is very good. It, it has a lot of interesting mechanics, especially given for the age of it. And I was really impressed with sort of the variety. We usually when I play these types of games, you know, you get you get the rinse and repeat mechanics. You understand generally how, what the game's going to do. And generally, as you progress further and further into it, the mechanics tend to get faster at, in an effort to make it plunging. This game had some pretty good curveballs to it. Uh, one of the first main mechanics is every other, I see the levels alternate between you traveling horizontally and you traveling vertically, which is really cool. So you the first level, you're going horizontally, the second level, you're going vertically. And it alternates like that, at least as far as I know, uh, I got up to the fourth level. So um, I would assume that it keeps that that same style. Um. You also have, you, you have your basic idea of like picking up power-ups from killing mobs and then the power-ups yeah, have some pretty cool, have some interesting interactions with them. Essentially when you get power-ups, you get these little, these little spheres that hover around your ship and based on how powerful you are, what type of weapon you have, they will fire alongside you. So if you're really strong and you have these spheres, they fire as well. And it obviously is extremely beneficial, especially when you're trying to uh, clear, clear the way because there are levels where you have what? to knock down walls there there's certain mechanics where there's like a, a wall or something that you have to shoot your way through oh, okay. in order to progress because if you don't you'll just crash and burn gotcha um so initially when i started playing this i didn't realize that the lives were set to because it's the arcade version i was set to 99 lives and i was like oh <laughs> like i i was like dying a lot and i'm like okay so so i googled it and and generally people play with like three lives so i'm like okay i'll give that a try and i ultimately went up to five lives because i i just could not, Progress very far playing with only three lives because you die a lot, especially your first couple playthroughs of a level because you have to sort of learn some of the mechanics. There are some not so fun mechanics, and it, realistically, the, it, some of them are essentially like the the top. So on the one of the horizontal levels, the top wall and bottom wall will start to grow towards each other at a pretty pretty fast pace, and if you don't go between them in time, it just closes and you you're just dead. There's no crash. You can't it. shoot your way through it, and you you basically just die if you know that that's gonna happen, you are kind of screwed. Because if you're not all the way to the right part of the screw, then you're obviously too far back and you're basically just boned and you die. So because there were a lot of those mechanics, I up my lives to five and I was able to make it to the third boss a few times and then I made it to the fourth level once. The third boss wasn't too bad. Uh, and the bosses in general weren't super complex. The levels are generally more exciting and then the bosses had some pretty simple mechanics. Um, where you basically just have to dodge some stuff and then ultimately fire at a specific spot and and realistically the bosses you had to have a lot of patience if you went too hard and if you tried to do too much damage at a given time in a lot of cases that would punish you that's always but if you were that's a classic
0: that's a classic mistake but it's also the one that gets me every time i get greedy like oh i could do so much damage if i just sit here (laughs) shooting him and then i get killed because you can't do that
1: yeah, and obviously you lose some power in the process, so it's even more punishing oh, right. when you die. So it's like if you're just like steadily DPSing these these bosses, they go down pretty easy, and their mechanics, you don't have to play against them a bunch of different times in order to learn the mechanics. Usually you can identify it pretty quick. The only reason I couldn't get past the third boss, I usually would approach that. That boss very few lives. So if I got hit once or twice, then I was doomed. Okay. Um, something that is really impressive about this game, every level that I played had different music uh, for each level and as well the boss music was different than the level music which was really impressive like it, it and, and they were good like the, the tracks were really good especially for for the sound quality oh. um they're really good it, it was like it, it matched the the aesthetics of the levels really well uh, like the first level is like a very metroid uh, esque sort of level very alien looking there's like growing walls and a lot of ships one of the levels is like there's fire on the the bottom and uh, top and bottom of the screen, and there's like all these lava waves coming through. And then the music aligns and matches with it really well, and it adds a really nice um sort of it's another element to it. Um, which is great. I mean, the, the music overall when, when you're fighting a boss, the tone gets a little more serious and the music realistically just completely changes. Um, but I would say for, for me, the number one thing that I, I've really enjoyed about this was the music. I thought the music was oh. exceptional, especially Given for the style of game and for the age of it, it was exceptional. It was, it was extremely strong. Um, the mechanics of the levels were really cool. I did enjoy them quite a bit. There were a couple bullshit mechanics, as I kind of talked about previously. Once you learn them, you're like, okay, I'm not going to die to that as often. You still will forget, but you're not going to die to them as often, which is pretty nice. And, and then the actual combat of fighting other ships, for the most part, it's your, It's kind of very similar to a lot of like R-types. There's the ships that fly at you and try to run into you. There's ones that come into the screen and try and shoot at you. And then there's also some sort of like stationary turrets that can appear either on the top or bottom of the screen. Um, or if it's a, if you're going vertically, then it's on the left or right-hand side of the screen. Uh, but some of the lights are pretty cool. I talked about the, the walls growing, but there's also ones where you have to like blast your way through something. Um, there's one where the game like picks up. It starts to get, you, you start to move really fast and you have to maneuver your way through sort of this chasm. And if you touch either the sides, you instantly die, which is kind of tough, but it was pretty exciting, especially the first time I saw it. And one of the things that really impressed me about this is it took uh, it took four levels for the, the the game to start to frame rate when there was too much happening. So as you can imagine, in these types of games, there's usually a lot of explosions, a lot of bullets, a lot of ships, a lot of things happening, and usually these types of games start to the frame rate starts to decrease substantially, and you get to the point where you're kind of moving like frame by yeah, frame yeah, yeah. for the most. I didn't experience that until I got to the fourth level. Oh, wow. um, I had a lot of power ups, and there were a lot of bad guys on the screen, and there was a lot going on. It started to do some of the frame rate issues. Uh-huh. I would say I thought it was going to happen a lot sooner, especially given some of the some of the vision that certain levels had. I expected it to slow down and start frame rating a lot earlier, yeah, and it didn't. So uh, that was surprising and actually pretty exciting to see uh this game does have a two-player cooperative version or a two-player two, op- two player cooperative mode i didn't get a chance to do that but i did see that that was listed on the the main screen for it which is kind of cool because these types of games are well, that's fun, are pretty man. fun to play especially with other people um other than that let me look at my notes real quick man, you made this sound pretty videos. good i might have to check it out yeah it's pretty fun uh the levels are reasonably long they're not over the top i would the levels range probably between like three and five minutes. It's nothing super crazy, but in these types of games, obviously three to five minutes feels like an hour, just because you know you're clenching your cheeks and you're sitting up, right? <laughs> just to make sure you don't. So uh, yeah, the the levels had good variety to them, and it was definitely very appealing. And it is very tough, especially for, for me. I'm not you know I'm not accustomed to playing games like this all the time. It was a bit of a learning curve at first, just to get acclimated. To stuff was going on. Damn. Uh, but I think that's everything. It, yeah, it was definitely, would recommend. This is a very fun game. Uh, I may actually play a little bit more just occasionally because it's a pretty easy game to jump into. And again, you can sure. modify how many lives you have. So if you really just want to see the play your way through it, you can bump it to 99 lives. and hopefully Yeah, I'm you surprised you
0: didn't just do that. That's what I would have done, just to see how much, just to see more of the game.
1: I thought about it, but I really enjoy like progression and working my way through it. And when you're just like slamming your way through something and you ultimately can't be punished for it. I don't know, it was just kind of, it loses some of its appeal for me. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: It's also That's cool. It. It's also cool that um it has side scrolling and top down
1: because Yeah, that really impressed me the first time I transitioned to the yeah. second level. I was like, "Oh, okay."
0: Awesome. Okay, well that might be one that I need to uh give some consideration to. Okay, the game I played, my, my main game for this episode, other than Final Fantasy XI, is Parasite Eve. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you've played it, right?
1: Yeah, a long time ago. I wanted to play it again recently, though. Uh,
0: well, I think you should, because I, I enjoyed it. So, this is a JRPG for PlayStation 1. Came out in 1998. It's a, uh, it's a square RPG. And I got to play this with the benefit of the official strategy guide thanks to Chase the Night Cleaner. Do you remember when he sent us those things?
1: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: Like a while back, um one of the things he sent me was the was was this, the Parasite Eve strategy guide. So I basically pretty much just follow I didn't do a uh, I don't I don't have to offend Twitch. I didn't do a blind playthrough. I did oh, a, a strategy guide playthrough and uh and it was fun. So the main mechanic of the game, it's, it's an ATB gauge style RPG. And it uses a uh, kind of range of attack sphere. Like, have you ever played... Well, I, I know you, you already know what I'm talking about. But if you've played Vagrant, Vagrant Story, it's the same thing. When you're ready to go... Well, actually, it's j- maybe just a little bit different. So in this one, I think in I think in Vagrant Story... You would encounter, like you didn't go into discrete encounter, like it didn't change scenes for an encounter. I think in mm-hmm. Vagrant Story, you're in a level, you're, you're in part of the world, and there might be a monster there, and you can go up to it and engage it if you want. In this one, the way it works is it's random encounters. So you're running around a building or whatever. So the game's set in modern day. I'll talk about the story in just a second. Uh, and then sometimes when you're running around, it'll kind of cut away to an encounter screen, and it looks generally like the same area you are in, but it's not actually. It's kind of it's kind of segmented off into its own little encounter area, and uh, you are running. It's real time. You're running around. As I said, it's ATP gauge. So you have this. So you have a gauge that f- gradually fills up. And when it fills up, you can do an action. In the meantime, you're running around, and basically, what you're doing in between your actions is you're dodging any attacks from the monsters that you're fighting. And then when your ATB gauge does fill up, assuming you want to do an attack, then you press X and a and a sphere goes out around your character. And if you if the character is inside that sphere, then you can attack them. And actually if they're outside of the sphere, you can attack them also, but you have you're using guns to attack them and you have greatly reduced I forgot Actually, I think your accuracy might be the same, and I think it's your damage that, that goes down a lot if you do it that way. Um, so generally what you want to do is get within range, press X, and, if they're in, and try to get them inside the sphere. If they're not, then you'll kind of X out and don't attack them right away and just run and try to get a little bit closer before you try shooting them. So that's the way the, uh, the main uh, battle mechanics work. But to back up a little bit, the story is you are a uh, woman police officer named Aya and you're at a, you're at a date at the opera and during one person's part, she, this, this woman who's supposed to start to start singing, she's on stage of course. And she during, it's like her big part. It's like the big moment of the opera and she makes everybody in the room combust except for you. You chase her down. You find out that she's somehow manipulating mitochondria. Do you remember the mitochondria thing, like that? How that, like that, being a big part of the plot?
1: No, not at all. Okay, actually. All a right. lot of this is sounding. I don't. I'm not remembering a lot of this so far. Okay,
0: okay. So you find out that she's somehow manipulating mitochondria to gain special powers, um, and then of course she runs off. You have one kind of mini battle with her, and then she runs off to, t- to take over the world. And so the, so the mysteries are, who is this woman? How did she get to be like this? What is she doing with mitochondria? And what is your character's relation to this mastery over mitochondria? Because not only were you immune to her making everybody in the theater combust, but you also start developing mitochondria-based powers of your own. So, all these things you're trying to figure out. So, and if, so, the rest of the game is you hunting her down to try to kill her before she can try to take over the world and trying to figure out like why all this is happening and what exactly is happening. So, the story gets kind of confusing. It's not off the wall. It's not like Metal Gear Solid or anything like that. But it is... Pretty confusing as you're delving into the mystery of mitochondria, what role that plays. You talk to like doctors and people, a couple doctors and researchers who are, who have kind of like been tracking the situation because they thought they had a feeling something was up from, for, for one reason or another. And they explain, oh, mitochondria is the most powerful thing in the, on the planet because this and that it's, it's evolved greater than we have, or, you know, like all this nonsense. Uh, basically, it, it just feels like they're kind of making it complicated enough to where you just have to accept, oh, this is something that's causing, uh, mo- like animals to look like crazy looking monsters for you to kill. Ba- for the most part, when you're fighting the, the the monsters that you come across are like mutant versions of regular animals, so like mutant rats, mutant dogs mutant polar bears later on, mutant giant worms. Uh, as there are some parts where there are more exotic things like slimes, uh, mutant plants. And then near the end of the game, minor spoilers, I guess, you're in a museum, and it's uh, it's a prehistoric museum, and there are all these, uh, like, what do they, what do you fucking call like the, like uh, skeletons? Uh, <laughs> I could, it, was, it wasn't skeleton that the word I was thinking for, but it was like, is there a different word for when like an like a dinosaur skeleton is on display or do you just call that a skeleton?
1: You know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what it would be like a you, exhibit just, or something. Okay. Yeah.
0: But basically like dinosaur skeletons, um, she, she causes those to come to life and to reform as dinosaurs. and so you're fighting so in the later parts of the game you're fighting, like the last act of the game, basically you're fighting mutant dinosaurs. Uh, again, I think mitochondria is just an excuse to be able to create these kind of cool looking monsters. and a lot of times like really grotesque looking monsters, especially in some of the cutscenes, they really go all out. Like there's one where there's a giant group of people and she basically makes them all melt together. It's uh some of them do get like pretty gross by you know PS one standards. As I said, the the it's it's so of course it's in modern day. The weapons you're using are guns. You do have a baton, but that's for if you run out of uh, ammo. But I never, never once at any point ran out of ammo because you get wow. ammo you get ammo from the monsters that you kill like as loot basically, and I always got more than I used to kill the monsters. So, and it kind of sucks too, because it makes you carry your, uh, your baton. And so it takes up an inventory slot, but I, and I, and I can understand why, because I don't want you to just get to a part of the game where you mm-hmm. just can't pass. But again, I, I never once had to use it. So as you level up, obviously you get, you know, more attack, more, more damage to your attacks, more defense and all that kind of regular stuff. And then you also gain new, they're called parasite powers. The mitochondria stuff, which are basically spells. Uh, and, and for the most part, they're, well, I, I mean, pretty much for, for 100% of the part, they are basic spells. There's healing spells, there's damage spells, speed up, slow down, confuse. Uh, and then th- the final spell you get is uh, basically a nuke. And it does a shitload of damage, but it, it also leaves you vulnerable for five or ten seconds afterward because you kind of have to recover from using it because it's so powerful um, and overall all of this works pretty well I think I never, I never felt bored by the combat it finds a good balance of being challenging but not impossible you always got to pay attention to you know, the monsters you're fighting, you got to learn their attacks. So you kind of like learn how to dodge their attacks, where you should be when it looks like they're about to start attacking, whether you should try to get behind them or as far away as possible, or just kind of, maybe they'll do a spread and you got to kind of get in between their, their, their projectiles. Some of the bosses were pretty tough and took me multiple tries. Like probably the hardest boss I fought took maybe six or seven tries. So okay. ne- they never felt unbeatable. Um, even the most challenging ones i always felt like i had a fair a fair chance at it then the other mechanics in the game of course there's you know you you get more guns you get more armor but one of the main mechanics is upgrading your gear particularly your weapons and armor so as so some there are pistols and rifles, and then there are also... Those are kind of the... Oh, and there are, like, submachine guns. Those are the three main types of weapons you find, but then there are also a other, couple others, like there's a rocket launcher, there's a grenade launcher, a few other things like that. Um, and as you get them, they don't just have different stats. Some of them have not really abilities, but for lack of a better term, they have kind of, like, abilities attached to them. So they might do acid damage, for example. Or they might shoot twice in a turn as opposed to two times in a turn. I'm, I'm
1: sorry, <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> biweekly versus biweekly.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. Like, versus one time a turn. <laughs> um, and uh, there are a couple other things like that. So like armor, for instance, has some of the same things. Some armor might have, uh, I-, I guess I'll call them mods that give you more inventory space. Or maybe they give you um, one, one of the really powerful ones is auto like potion use where where if your HP ever gets down to zero, if you have potions on you, it'll automatically use a potion instead of letting you die. And that's very powerful because you can only carry you have pretty limited inventory and that means you don't have to spend one of your turns in battle. Using a potion, using a health potion, or, or I don't even think it's called potion. Whatever the fuck it is, using one of your health items, you can focus just on doing damage, and then if you're gonna die, then you automatically use a potion instead of dying. So that that one's actually really powerful. And, and other things like that. So, but we, but another cool thing you do, you can do is you can so you get tools throughout the game. It's an it's a type of item you can get. And what tools allow you to do is remove one mod from a gun or or armor and put it on another gun or armor. So if you find, like, a, like I found a rifle, like, fairly early on. It was, like, the third or fourth weapon that I got, I think. And I really liked it because it has good range. So you don't have to get, like, right up to the monster to be able to shoot him. And what I did was I just kept upgrading that for the whole rest of the game. And I gave it acid attacks. I gave it, uh, I don't even remember what else, but I gave it like all the good stuff that it needed to be viable for the rest of the game. And then you can also, um, like upgrade the damage it does. I think you might, I can't remember if you do that using a tool or if you do that through some other means, I'm, I'm having trouble remembering, but the bottom line is, you upgrade. You can upgrade weapons as you get them. So, if you really like one, but this other weapon has a mod that you that you also really like, you can take it off a limited number of times because tools are not super abundant. You can take stuff off other weapons and put it on the one that you like, so you can kind of customize them that way. And it works the same way with armor too. It's like bulletproof vests, basically, and you can modify them in the same way. Um. One weird thing, though, about the whole mod system is, as I said, one of the types of mods you can get is, like, you can shoot multiple times on one attack, right? Um, You can find, like, later in the game, I found one gun that does five shots per attack. So you would think that's nuts, right? Like, getting to mm-hmm. attack five times on one turn? Well, no, it actually is terrible. Because for, for some reason, when you have a gun that shoots five times in one turn, it does much, much less damage per turn. Even if, you're, even if you put it on the gun that has high damage, it reduces the damage that the gun does per shot. So what that does is you're sitting there shooting and potentially reloading. Because uh, you do have to reload if when you run out of ammo. Um, you're shooting there five times in a row, and the monsters can attack you while you're doing that. So it leaves you super vulnerable, and you do overall... It, the, the way that the damage scales is very, very odd. Um, it was either two or three shots on one turn does the most overall damage. I think it might be two. So two shots do a little bit more do like 25% damage total than just one shot. But if you do three shots on a turn, it does less than if you do two shots. If you do four shots on a turn, it does even less. And if you do five shots <laughs> on a turn, it does even less total. So it's like, there's absolutely, you, you do not want to do five shots on a turn because you're doing less damage than if you did two shots on a turn and you're sitting there, super vulnerable the whole time and you can be attacked. It was very, very odd. And another weird thing is that you... So you have... So as I said, you do have you do have to reload when your gun... You know, like when your magazine runs empty. But you also have to manually reload if it's between fights. If you want to start off... If you want to start your next fight with your gun all the way loaded, you have to... Go to the menu system, go to your gun, press X on it, then press the reload button. Then it brings up a little another little window where it shows okay, this is how many bullets you have on you. This is how many that are in your gun. You have to hold the down on you have to hold down on the D-pad f- basically to put bullets into your gun and do that and wait until like, it does one at a time. It does it pretty quickly, but it only does one bullet at a time for as long as you're holding down down until your gun is refilled. And then you press X and you're done. Like, why? First off, it would be nice just for them to automatically reload the weapon when you're out of combat. But but so assuming that's not the case, why can't you just say reload and it reloads the gun <laughs> for you? It's the, it's, it's the like Final
1: Fantasy XI right
0: here. <laughs> I know. It was the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest reloading mechanic I have ever seen in a game. Uh, very cumbersome, but it's just kind of one small complaint because overall the game was really fun. There's lots of cool stuff, lots of cool monsters. The, the levels are cool. You know, the story is, is fine. It's, it's, it's got some neat stuff going on, even though it doesn't really make much sense. Um, the, the, as I said, the environments and the monsters are all really cool. It's fun going through the game. The, the combat is challenging without being too difficult. I really feel like it's just a super solid game overall. Thank you again, Chase, for giving me the official strategy guide because that definitely helped me through it, especially in some of the later um, parts of the game. Like It really gets confusing when you're in the museum like where to go. Uh, so that definitely helped a lot there. Uh, and I th- I'm trying to think if there's anything else. But overall, I, r- I really had fun with it. Oh, oh, there. Okay, one other thing. So, when you beat the game, there you can do New Game Plus. And in New Game Plus, not only are you going through the game again, but you also unlock uh, EX mode, which is the Chrysler building. You're in New York, okay? You can <laughs> go to the Chrysler building, and you it's basically, I want to say, like 90, 90 stories that you can go through. And yes. and each one is harder than the next. So you it's basically kind of like see how far you can get and then leave when it starts getting too tough. And I think every 10 floors you do, you get like a, some sort of key card or something like that to where then you could so like if you get to floor 10, then you can uh, use a key card to go back and start on floor 10 next time. And then you get the next key card at floor 20 and so on and so forth. So you don't have to start at the very beginning every single time. And basically what this does is you get really good gear, okay? But you don't, just, you don't just unlock the building. You unlock the ability to access that building on a playthrough. So it's not just, oh, let's do EX mode and run through the Chrysler building. It's no, you got to start a new game plus, then progress enough into the story to where you have the ability to kind of go wherever you want. Then... The Chrysler building is a place you can go. Then you can try doing the Chrysler building to get good gear. But (laughs) additionally, the Chrysler building is so tough that the strategy guide recommends you do a second playthrough to level your character up even more before doing the Chrysler building. Wow. So they want you to do two playthroughs. (laughs) To be to to then go do the Chrysler building, to get super powerful gear, to do a th- I guess a third playthrough. Like that just kind of seems a little bit over the top to me, right?
1: <laughs> just a little excessive. Uh,
0: I mean, I guess obviously this is back when people didn't have a million games at once to play like we all do. But I, I mean, you could at least make it viable on the second playthrough. I think Like nobody's going to be wanting to get good gear just to do a third playthrough of the same game. That being said, once again, I did really enjoy the game. Just not enough to play three times consecutively. So I do recommend Parasite Eve. It was super solid. I had fun with it. I played it all the way through. And, uh, you know, it has exactly what you would expect from a JRPG. A big gigantic catastrophic ending with a big giant final boss, a lot of shit that doesn't make sense. And, um, overall I had a lot of fun with it. So I think I'm very late to the party on figuring this out, but I, and I realize this probably should have been, uh, obvious to me a long time ago. But one thing that I've realized recently playing more RPGs and, and starting to watch some like Japanese, uh, like, like watching, starting to watch some more anime is that a lot of Japanese fiction is very overly uh, complicated hmm. as far as just plots go. Do, do, is that, I mean, that's, is that the thing that everybody knows?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> like, and it, it, it's it's not even just complicated, it's overly complicated. Yeah, overly you know I mean complicated
0: to where, like, far beyond what it has to be. Like, yep. this has it. I've been watching some Gundam recently, and, like, out of all things, you would think that could just be a brain-dead, hey, let's watch some fucking mechs fight each other. That's, that's fun enough on its own. But, no, I'm watching Gundam, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Zero Zero. And there are so many fucking different political parties going on and all this yeah. shit. Like, I cannot keep up with what the hell is going on. And yet on. you
1: still watch Attack on Titan.
0: I wa- I started watching it. It's, I'm on episode three. watched one episode. I've watched three fucking episodes. Bro. It's good. You should not be.
1: You should be watching it nonstop.
0: Look, I watch like two episodes of anything a week pretty much. Lately, it's been one Attack on Titan, one Gundam.
1: It's so funny. I don't know how you can stop watching it. Especially I, I like when you it. get when you get done with episode six, let me know. Okay, i are gonna keep watching it. Okay,
0: point. I'll let you know. Uh, Attack on Titan so far has done a good job of not being like needlessly complicated.
1: It's we're rearing towards the end of the series. It does get more complicated, but it's kind of in a like, oh, what the fuck? Like it, it's one of those moments where you're like, oh,
0: <laughs> okay, gotcha. Well,
1: yeah,
0: it, it seems like like I want I. I I wonder why that is like, are, are, do you think it's just so that they can kind of like muddy the water of what's actually happening? Yeah. Cause
1: otherwise I think it's too simple, right? If it's just like, it, it, I feel like they do that in an attempt to like, Oh, this can make this like so much better. And, and the, the, the base plot is just not thick enough. So let me just add a couple of like U-turns in here. Like, I, I feel like that's a very common thing that happens. It almost feels like in certain cases, it's an afterthought. It's like Final Fantasy VII. Right? Final Fantasy VII is a nasty game at the beginning, a nasty I'm meaning good, right? It's a really strong game, and then you get to like the middle part of the game, and you're like, okay, y- y- you're throwing some some curveballs out here, but I'm on board, like I'm, I'm with it. And then you get towards the end, and you're like, I don't even fucking care anymore. This is <laughs> insane. Just just get me back to the main plot and let's just let's just run through that. Like I, that's what I feel like happens at times. Yeah. It feels like things are are an absolute afterthought,
0: even when the story is good. Sometimes it's like there is a lot of stuff that you're just like, whoa. Okay, I'm not really following this anymore.
1: Kingdom Hearts is that in oh, a nutshell. Shit. By the way, if you haven't watched, I think it's I think it's the third one, the third RPG one for console. It it gets to a point where I watched this guy do a rundown of. I mean, he's like, okay, I just want to explain how ridiculous this is, but I'm going to explain the plot of this game. And he's going through it, and then he stops. He's like, but wait, there's more. And he's like, if you're confused at this point, everybody is like, it, it just it makes zero sense, and it goes all over the place and somehow tries to circle back and it just does not execute a will.
0: Yeah. I saw a a similar thing and it was like four hours long of a guy trying to explain the lore of kingdom hearts. And like within the first 15 (laughs) minutes, he's already come. He's already like said, yeah, this doesn't make sense because of this. And Oh yeah, this doesn't make sense either. Oh yeah. And this, they pretty much just retconned and yeah, this, this conflicts with that, but this is what they said anyways. And I, I feel like it's a way for them to I feel like, the, the overly complicated plots like these are kind of like because they want to create like like in Parasite E, for instance, they want to create a situation where they have an excuse to have mutant dinosaurs and mutant yeah. bears and stuff. And there's not a good way to explain it. So they just make it overly complicated to where you're like, oh, I guess I guess it, I guess it makes sense somehow.
1: Yep. You know, a game doesn't do that and executes like a perfect balance fix. That is one of the things that about Final Fantasy Tactics, where it's like it touches. It obviously moves into the the fantasy part of it later on in the story, uh-huh. and I feel like they have the perfect balance with it. Like it's just enough to where it, it just it feels right. Like that is to me that is a game that executes it perfectly. I, I've played that story so many times, and every single time, I'm sure there are certain things. If somebody was like, "Oh yeah, but what about this?" I'd be like, "Okay." Like I'm sure there's a couple things. There's a couple holes in the plot at times. Yeah, no, I agree. But for the most part, it's just it's just beautiful.
0: I think you're right. And and Earthbound also does a good mm-hmm. job of that. It's it's, it's
1: Earth, and that one goes very, all over the place too.
0: Yeah, it goes all over the place, but the story and the, the plot is always straightforward.
1: Yeah. It is a great game. I was watching somebody I think it may have been Snest drunk, I was watching one of his YouTube videos and he was talking about Earthbound and I'm just like, God, I want to play Earthbound again. I'm like Jesus.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about that. I might I might play it sometime soon also. I've been it's kind of so thinking I need to play it again sometime.
1: <clears throat> oh, it's such a good game. All right, another one of those games was way ahead of its time. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, well uh, that's it for our games, Jay. Are you down for our end of the year best and worst of twenty twenty? Absolutely. So we're doing we're, we're doing it a we're slightly different. Mostly we're just kind of adding on a little bit this year. So we're doing our normal we're doing top threes of our usual. Top three game best games we played this year that we had played before. Top three best we had not played before. And top three worst games that we played for the podcast this year.
1: Uh, say those categories again. I want to make sure because I copy-paste exactly what you have, but I want to make sure that I have everything. Okay, so, so top three
0: time, best games that you had played before. Yep. And this is This is all based on just what we played for the podcast this year. Top yep. three best that we had not played before. And top three worst. And Perfect. then... We also have a few category style, kind of like Game Awards style uh, categories, where we're just, in order to keep things from going on insanely long, uh, we're just doing one game for each of them. Mm-hmm. Those are <clears throat> um, Best Re-Release, Remake, Remaster, or Modern Day Sequel to a Classic Series that we played this year. Um, strangest. Game that we played for the podcast this year. Best story in a game that we played for the podcast this year. Best music in a game that we played. Best visuals. Most disappointing. And most surprisingly good.
1: I have a feeling there's going to be some overlap.
0: I think there will be, but actually I will go ahead and tell you this right now. My most disappointing is not on my top three worst. And my most surprisingly good is not on my top three best either. Okay. <clears throat> so actually I think it's gonna work out pretty well. So let's start off with the single ones first. Um let's I guess let's just do them in that order. Jay, did you play any re-release, remakes, remasters, or modern-day sequels? Yeah. Okay.
1: So um one of the games I played for the podcast this year was <laughs> Dungeon Keepers 2. And it's sort of a, a, a more of a spiritual successor, but I talked about this pretty extensively when I played Dungeon Keepers. Uh, that somebody bought... I don't know if they bought certain rights from... Actually, no, I know they didn't buy them because EA re-released their own. So oh, they, right. they didn't purchase anything from Bullfrogger or EA at this point, but they made a, a sort of spiritual successor called War for the Overlords. A, it's on Steam. We, my brother and I ended up buying it, and it's exceptionally good. Um, people have done a great job of modifying it and balancing, um, doing everything you could think of uh, to make it more interesting in that game style. And I feel like they did a great job of keeping what keeping the of what made Dungeon Keepers two so good, but then also adding in a lot of you know updated sort of quality of life things, but while still keeping it challenging in its own regard. So, very impressed with that. That was one of the two communities I, I I sort of found this year throughout the classic gaming podcast. Awesome.
0: Mine is going to have to be Final Fantasy VII remake. Wow. I mean, I didn't. I don't think I played any others. So this kind of wins by default, but it was, I mean, it was a great game. So, uh, that's mine. All right. What was the, excuse me, hold on. All right. Let's do, um, actually I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Let's do best music best. What game had the best music for you?
1: So mine was kind of a tie and one of them is kind of cheeky, cheeky answer. So I thought you'd appreciate this. So Final Fantasy nine had very good music. Um, I I, obviously it's a, it's a Square Enix game, but the soundtrack for that game is is exceptional. It is definitely up there with, with one of my, with some of my favorite Square Enix games uh, from a music perspective. Also Tony Hawk Pro Skater four. I mean, those soundtracks that generally are on those games are always, always really fun um, and very energetic. That's kind of a cheeky approach though, because that's obviously just a compilation of, of relevant within the last 15 years type music. So um, that hit home, so it hits home in a lot of places. And then realistically, the what one I want to mention is, is Salamander. Salamander, after playing it today, wow. for how old it is, it is a, a really good soundtrack. Now, it obviously doesn't stand toe-to-toe with something from like the PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2 era. However, for the limitations that existed and the variety of soundtracks that they had and the fact that they changed partway through the levels when you encounter bosses was, was really impressive, but also the... Um, actual tracks were were really good so
0: I'm really gonna have to play this game aren't I?
1: It's really fun. I think you really enjoy it. it it's it's impressive like it's it's it is one of those games very so much where we talk about earthbound but it, it's ahead of its time. I mean it really was
0: awesome okay my uh, I just lost my stuff. What the fuck is it? oh okay my best music for me so I I know we're just doing one but like you said I one, one that I want to mention is Lords of Thunder. It's just heavy metal solos the whole time you're playing. It's badass. It's awesome. I love it. I love that kind of stuff. But it's just not as good as Railroad Tycoon 2, which oh, has, yeah, that's right. like, I was blown away. Like, I was not expecting anything special in the music. But the, that was the first thing I noticed about the, the game. I was like, holy shit, this music is good. And at first I thought it was just, oh, this is how it is when you start the game. But no, that's what it is like through the gameplay. It's this just really, really awesome kind of Midwestern uh, acoustic music. Um, so a lot of blues mixed in there as well. It really blew me away. And <laughs> some of the best music I've like heard in a game, like it's got to have one of the best soundtracks. So a uh, railroad tycoon for me or Rail- cool. railroad tycoon two rather. Um, best visuals. What do you have?
1: Uh, best visuals for me. I really like the art style of beautiful Joe. Uh, that you and I played together this year, I, th- I I love the approach of that that sort of visual, and I love how much it it, uh, it ages well, right? Even mm-hmm. when we played it the last time, it's like yeah. sure there, there there's definitely some improvements that have happened in the in the last you know 15 years. Or however, but uh, the overall quality of it is still very enjoyable, and it's it's easily well read. So I really enjoyed the art style of Beautiful Joe. Definitely,
0: it, and I, <clears throat> it holds up so well because they didn't just try to make the graphics good; they gave it a good art style. Yeah. And that's mine for best visuals also.
1: <laughs> I mean <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll almost no doubt about it. Beautiful Joe. It, it looks great. All right. Best story.
1: Um, I think no surprises here. I mean, Final Fantasy Nine, even uh, though I haven't finished it so far, has been has been that for me. Um, I didn't play a whole too many games that I would say have a strong story to begin with, but even if I did, I would expect Final Fantasy IX to either be uh top two or top one on this list. Because so far I'm really enjoying it. But it is getting to that point, Robert, as we were talking about earlier, where they're starting to expand it <laughs> oh, and no. try to overcomplicate it. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how well they tied off. I do remember enjoying the story thoroughly, so I'm expecting it to wrap up pretty well. Uh, but I'm also a little bit concerned. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, mine did catch me off guard, and that's Ace Combat Four. Really, <laughs> really has a good story woven into it. I didn't play the whole the whole game, but in between every mission, there are these anime cutscenes um about this this guy who's going through this war and he like he he starts off when he was little and he sees this pilot do all this stuff and he and then like these this kind of like the enemy takes over his town and it's kind of him like coping with that and talking to others and like you know kind of wrestling with his own emotions about how he feels about that about like you know trying to not just like get in fights with everybody everywhere he goes but like tolerate them to some degree but also feeling guilty for doing so it's uh, it really, really caught me off guard. It, it was a good story. I, <laughs> I think it was the best that I played this year. That's awesome. Okay, next, let's go with um. How about the strangest game that you played for the podcast this year?
1: Um, so I was kind of struggling with this one, and I, I didn't really feel like I had had a, a solid answer. But I, for me, with uh, actually, no, this is a pretty good answer. It, it's it's got to be WarriorWare that game, was – I've raised the word bizarre a lot when I was talking through this game, but that that's the game where it's like the 5 second puzzle and back to back to back and the yep. really weird things like brushing teeth and <laughs> eating food and, and cleaning shit. It was just really really bizarre. So that that has got to be um, my number 1 for that.
0: That's That's I think that's super solid. Mine for sure is Bad Mojo. <laughs> this is the kind of a point and click adventure game where you are a guy who gets uh, voodoo turned into a roach and you're just crawling around like trying to uh like find i uh, fucking find like a locket of your mom's or something like that so that makes you turn back into a human and the whole thing is just super bizarre and there's like this weird side story of your landlord uh i i don't remember if i spoiled the ending about who he turns out to be but that's bizarre too and just like the whole thing like You're trying to, I forget what crime he did. I don't even know if it says, but like you stole a lot of money somehow and you're about to get out of town and this is all an FMV, which makes it so much better. (laughs) And then like right before you do so, you, something happens and you fucking just turn into a roach and then you're crawling around trying to get from area to area, figure out how to do this and that. It's just, it's absolutely very Kafka. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, it is. <laughs> didn't really think about it that way, but I, I guess it is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's go on to most disappointing game that you played for the podcast.
1: I think no surprises here. Uh, this is gonna be this. Uh, this has to be Final Fantasy XI. I didn't too. expect. Yeah, I, I didn't expect to be a, addicted to it and enjoy it as much as I do some of the other classic MMOs. However, I also expected to spend more than a few hours playing the game, let alone installing it. Uh, to where I'd actually get somewhere in the game. So uh, from multiple different standpoints, I love MMOs. I love grindy MMOs and I love, I love challenging, frustrating, difficult mechanics, such as losing experience when you die. And you put that all together. It's like, Hey, this is what we got. It's like, Oh shit. I'll probably like this game. And this game was, was just a huge letdown for me overall. I'm just, I'm still kind of bummed that I really just have no motivation, to, motivation to ever play it again.
0: Yeah. When the, I mean, I know this isn't what people play MMOs for, but. Honestly, in Final Fantasy XIV, once you get past... Well, once you get a, like a good ways into it, the story actually starts to get really good. So I was kind of interested to, to see what the story was like in Final Fantasy XI. And as far as we got, there was no story. I mean, I'm sure a story arises, but we never got anything close to a story. So yeah, 100% most disappointing, especially in light of how much I used to enjoy it when it when I when it originally came oh, out oh yeah okay and then and now we'll move on to our our top three lists so let's go with we'll start with the top three best you had played before what's your number three
1: so I'm gonna I was gonna put Final fantasy 9 is obviously a top contender for this but I'm actually gonna remove it just because I mentioned it already so um that just kind of as an honorable mention my number three is gonna be probably Tony Hawk pro skater four Um, I I really enjoy playing that game and and these games as we kind of talked about and you're well aware of this They have a certain format to it. They know what they're doing and they they did it very well Um, And these games are you know, there's obviously some frustrating mechanics. that are not perfect But when you're in the mood to play one of these types of games There's nothing else that can kind of hit that spot and it always does it pretty damn well like this was a a pretty solid game
0: Okay mine is uh, Galaga 88 kind of wow. surprisingly this is the uh, the top down shooter i played this on the uh, the turbo graphics 16 mini and this was the uh, I, and i used to play this on my turbo graphics when i was younger i had the the exact well this apparently this was the japanese version that i played but you can't really tell from playing it i of course had the us version but they're they're the exact same game and i was surprised at how much fun i had like i really obviously it's a fairly simplistic game you know it's comparable to to salamander i'm sure but the graphics were really good everything felt like the controls felt really good it was fairly challenging without being impossible again as a simple top-down shooter but i i kind of had a lot of fun with it so i think of the games i had played before this this was the third best that i played this year Hmm. number two
1: awesome uh number two is gonna be dynasty Warriors five Purely on the basis of how much time I played this game, even after uh, after doing the episode, it is probably top three of my most the most time spent playing uh, playing games for the actual podcast. Um, and it's just another game very similar to Tony Hawk, where there's a certain format they do it well. Each one of them adds a little bit more, It gives a little bit more quality of life stuff, and these games are fun. I mean, they're challenging in their own regard, uh, and and realistically, when you go into it, just like I said with Tony Hawk, it's like. You know what you're getting, so if you're in the mood to play that type of game, which is kind of a blind blind grind, or I pro probably shouldn't say blind, but <laughs> um, if you're doing some <laughs> si- some type of run where you just want to you know, be very aggressive and just run at things and, and do a bunch of damage, it's like, okay, that's put dinosaurs in, and in most cases you're probably not going to get burned by that.
0: Cool. Um, my number two is Mario Kart 64. and Maybe I should have prefaced this by saying <laughs> I think out of all the games that I had already played before, that I played this year. um, I don't have a lot of strong contenders in this category. Hmm. Mario Kart 64, I did genuinely enjoy. It's not a great game, but it was really good. It was really fun. I feel like, uh, and I think the kind of the main thing that I said when I talked about it was they did a really good job of converting Mario Kart to the 3D era. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of all it comes down to. They. Everything, like the environments and all that are fun. The racing is solid. So it's, I mean, it doesn't really do anything bad. It's it's a fun game. All right, what's your cool. number one that you had played before?
1: Uh So my number one for has played is Warhammer Online. Um, I don't think this would be really any surprise. Every time I play this game, it just makes me really sad that not a lot of people play it and the servers are generally dead for it because this game is... is it hits a lot of notes very well for me. Of what I want from an MMO, it, it promotes you know group collaboration and people working together to to have a common goal very effectively. It's challenging. There's a lot of balance from a PvP perspective. For me, it it really hits the MMO genre exactly how I want to. Very similar to how WoW does as well, mm-hmm. uh, with some some improvements and changes here and there. So I feel like this is no surprise. But even the last time I played, it, I was just so bummed because there's just not a lot of people to play it, so you can't you can't get the full extent of the game. But it, it's very fun, and you can see really what they were trying to do at the time, because it's a, a very specific time in sort of the MMO space. Um, and you can see that they were very successful in what they tried to put together. So, cool, awesome.
0: All right, well then let's go on to top three worst games that we played for the podcast this year. Um, let's just do same order. You go first.
1: Sure. I'm just gonna get out of the way now. Final Fantasy XI, um, number three for me. <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's arguably number one, but I want to try and keep it a little more interesting, but we've, we've talked about it. Just absolute dead in the water.
0: Gotcha. Actually final, I don't have that one on my list. It was pretty bad, but I think bad mojo was worse. <laughs> um, I, I've, I, know it's funny because I've read people who had very positive things to say about it online. They're like, Oh yeah. And it, you know, granted it was different. It did do new things. There was no game like this, but man, just as so far as gameplay goes and, Even just the visual, like the game, just and this is on purpose. Granted, like they may there's a lot of just like gross scenes, like you're you're crawling over like a butcher's counter with like raw meat and stuff like that, just like line out like rotten meat and stuff, and it's supposed to be gross, and they do a good job of that. But that doesn't make it enjoy. It's not gross in the sense of like, oh, Mortal Kombat's fun because of all the insane gore. It's like no, I just don't like want to be walking around constant just dirty like grimy counters uh you know just trash like all over the ground and uh, again it feels weird saying that because that's they did that on purpose they did a good job of doing that they wanted the game to feel gross but it just doesn't feel good to play a game that feels gross 100 percent of the time but most importantly the gameplay i found to be very bad and uh the story to be absolutely bizarre so it's it was for me it was a bad game
1: number two for you Number two for me is going to be Civ Four. Um, another one of Ooh, our, wow. our, our group group playthroughs. Civ Four was just was such because I, I mean the first Civ that I played uh, was five and then six. So I, I know I was definitely spoiled for that. But playing Civ Four, it was just there were so many quality of life things that were missing for me, and as well, it just it just didn't capture me the same way that Civ Five and Civ Six do at all. And I, I don't know exactly. I really can't put my finger exactly on it, but I didn't have any. Any real fun with it? I mean, it just—it felt like a, a weaker version of the newer ones, which is obviously exactly what it should be. But sure. it was just so noticeable to where, realistically, after we we're done playing, it's—it's it's not something that I would ever play again. Um, maybe at the time, I'm sure it was very ahead of ahead of its time, and you know, had some really unique elements to it. But yeah. it just—it did not draw anything from me.
0: Okay, my number two is Final Fantasy three. I think you probably remember me talking about how <laughs> yeah. how bad it feels like the game hates you and just wants you to fail and that's that kind of sums it up for me. It was grindy in a bad way and at the end of the game it makes it very difficult to beat to to beat the game and it's like 2 hours or something before like between the last time you can save and when you get to the final boss uh, for a very, very difficult final boss, it just as I said, the best way I can sum it up is, it feels like the people who made the game hate the people who are playing it.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, the number one game for me that, or the worst game, was Command and Conquer. Man, the the re-release of Command and Conquer and Red Alert um, was, I am absolutely so so frustrated and so sad that that was not good at all. Um, it is crazy how much I remember enjoying those games, especially as a child. Uh-huh. But playing those again, especially when there was a lot of hype coming into both the, the re-release of coming conference yeah, and Red was. Alert, just because the developers were taking a really cool approach on it. They did some nice balance changes to try and make it into potential eSport, which is cool. I think that's a really interesting approach. But they also did a great job of, of porting it over. And then you play the game and you're like, this is a an extremely watered-down RTS that doesn't have... If For me, it does nothing really... Uh, that is appealing. Like yeah. I, there, there was just not a good element, and I think part of that was la- was the macro aspect of it. I love macro oriented yeah. stuff, especially in RTSs, and this game just doesn't have it. There, there's such right. a limited grasp of uh, macro macro strategy at all.
0: Yeah, I 100 I percent agree. Yeah, my number one was Gabriel Knight: Sins of the Fathers. Hmm. Um, it's a Sierra point and click adventure game, and that's almost all you have to say there are ridiculous puzzles insane pixel hunting things that you would never think you need to click on but you do um just uh it's it has a really good reputation as well it's supposed to a lot of people like really consider this a good point and click adventure game and i think it's absolutely terrible all right sense Let's uh, f- let's end it off on a positive note. My my favorite end of the year list is the top three best games that we just discovered this year that we had never played before. Um, I don't know. You've been going first every time. I'll I'll let you have the glory moment and finish us off on this one. So I'll go first. My number three is Parasite Eve. It was just wow. I'm,
1: I'm surprised it's not higher on your list.
0: Oh really? Well, I mean, it was. I, I mean, I played a couple really good games this year. This was a super solid one. Um, it wasn't revolutionary in any way, but it was uh, definitely a, again, just a really good RPG. And I, I appreciate that it was, you know, something different. It's not just the typical fantasy formula. Uh, it's They set it in modern day, and they did a good job of, of doing that and also keeping everything, you know, really interesting and, and figuring out a way to make it to 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 put some cool stuff in a modern day setting.
1: Cool. Um, I actually only have two for this list. I, I was gonna try and force a third one, but I just didn't really feel comfortable. There wasn't okay. actually too many games new that I played for this year. Okay. So I'm I'm just gonna skip my number three then. So all right, we cool. Can keep the you skip number three.
0: Balance. My number two is Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga.
1: <laughs> An
0: awesome, such a great game. Awesome RPG. Uh, awesome Mario RPG and uh it's just the, the Mario and Luigi RPGs are so much fun because like the the everything's bright and colorful everything the humor is great uh the combat is is uh engaging and the story is usually just kind of goofy and funny and everything about it is just kind of it, it it's the exact opposite of Final Fantasy 3 i feel like when i'm playing a Mario and Luigi game it's they just want me to have fun the entire time I'm playing. Yeah, it. it's true. And they nailed it.
1: It's a really good way to describe it. What, what you got? Wow. Curiously, we have to say about your number one. <laughs> um, my number two. My my number two is going to be Shantae. Um, oh, very yeah. nice little gem to find. Uh, I I know um, I know now that. It's very commonly known how good this game is, especially. I remember you talked about how expensive the cartridges yeah. on uh, eBay are, but it totally makes sense. I mean, it is a really solid platformer. They do uh, it, it does it does exactly what what you expect from it. There's some pretty cool elements to it. Um, overall, I was really impressed and enjoyed enjoyed playing it for the podcast.
0: That's awesome. That's, I'm glad that you that you played that. Yeah, me too. All right, my number one, the best game I played this year that I that I had not played before is Railroad Tycoon Two. Oh yeah, you probably remember just talking about how incredibly impressed I was with the simulation aspects of it. You are, uh, if you missed that episode, it's a uh, railroad sim, kind of set in I don't know what the like you know when when I guess when railroads were first kind of becoming built <laughs> in the United States. And you and so you're on a landscape and it's it's like, oh, there's a there's a slaughterhouse here. There's a cattle farm here. There's a town here. There are like, I don't know, fucking wheat farms over here. And then uh, these places need this stuff. Obviously, the slaughterhouse wants cattle. The town needs milk. The town needs wheat. So you got to figure out, like, what place you know, what is being supplied at places? What is being demanded at places? Build railroads that connect them in the most efficient ways, so you can earn money. You know, hauling one thing to the next place. Um, You got to choose how many how many cars you're going to have on your trains from place to place, how many trains you're going to have going at a time, what all the different loops you're going to have are, what the stops are for this gonna are going to be for this loop and that loop. Um, You know, whether you know how trains are going to get past each other. I would like this was. This game just blew me away. It was so detailed in in every aspect as a, as a sim game, and it they just did a an outstanding job with it. Cool. All right, Jay, what you got for number one?
1: Uh, I feel like uh, by process elimination, it'd be pretty obvious, I but so. my number one, and, and realistically, you know, again, I didn't have a super strong contention list for for games I hadn't played, but it was actually the game I played for for this episode. It would have to be Salamander. Uh, Salamander, again, really surprised me from, from a lot oh, of different wow. directions. Yeah, I, and, and again, you know, I had a very limited pool to go from, sure. but I actually did enjoy this game quite a bit. Um, and it's, it's another game that I'm glad that I found very similar to Shantae in that regard. Yeah. So uh, just all around. I, I, I think at some point it'd be really, I, I would love to hear your opinion on it as well.
0: I'm, I'm going to have to play Like that blows me away that this game was, was the best new game that you played all year.
1: Yeah, and again, I had very limited pulls to so take that sure. take that into account, but it was a, a very fun game.
0: You you would not expect that from from an NES shoot 'em up. Like I know, side right? scrolling shoot 'em up. Yeah, definitely. I have I got I got to play it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um man, those those were those were really fun. I I I really enjoyed hearing hearing the, the things that you had to say and and thinking about like what game had the best, you know, sound and all that. I, I, I like the way we did it this year.
1: I did too, and I, I really enjoyed coming because some of them were, were obviously more challenging than others. So it was kind of it was kind of fun to try and decide which which direction to go with some of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So for the next episode, obviously this is the last episode of the year. So the next episode will be our typical uh, New Year's resolution games—the games, five games that we that we strongly want to try to play in two thousand twenty. And uh, so that's what we'll be doing for next time. All right, on to emails. First off, we just got a tweet from Chase.
1: Uh oh.
0: He says, I played Final Fantasy XI on my PS2, chained pugs like a noob, and and accidentally killed lots of folks a bunch of times. I guess he means by his mob chain. Uh, Also, never ever go above deck when (laughs) traveling by boat because it's not a safe place. (laughs) I guess we both had the same experience. That's funny. That's fun to hear. Okay, Okay, here we go. We got three emails. First one comes from samuel and he actually uh s- sent us a message on twitter and said that he has bad memories of final fantasy 11 so I'm, i was i'm really looking forward to see what he says about it samuel says it's been a thousand years since i've written in uh even though i've been working from home for the past almost nine months i found myself with less time to listen to podcasts so i've fallen way behind But I saw your game of the quarter was Final Fantasy XI, and I had to write in and share a story with you. About a decade ago, a friend asked me if I was interested in having a roommate. My friend said this person was also a gamer, and he thought we would be a good fit. Oh no, I don't know, I don't like where this is going. I had a spare bedroom at my place, so I said sure. Turns out this guy just got laid off from his job, and his wife left him, so he needed a place to stay for cheap. And while he was a, quote, gamer, he only played Final Fantasy XI. Wow. That's a...
1: That's impressive.
0: That's impressive. The first night he moved in, he had me sit in his room while he talked about how amazing this game was. Oh, no. That alone, no matter what the game is, your first night as somebody's roommate just making them sit in your room while you tell them how awesome your favorite game is. That's kind of weird.
1: That is very weird.
0: (laughs) He had me sit in his room while he talked about how amazing this game was and that he was this high ranking guild leader of one of the best guilds on the server. Of course, he told me that the game was way better than any other MMORPG out there and that I should give it a try. He also got me to pay for a month of game time because he quote, didn't have a credit card. I was young and stupid. Oh, what a bitch. So I tried the game out, and I hated it. Admittedly, I was used to MMORPGs like World of Warcraft and City of Heroes, you know, fun games. So the gameplay of Final Fantasy XI was jarringly different. I played for a couple of days, then quit and reinstalled WoW. (laughs) This guy spent most of his waking hours either playing Final Fantasy XI or gambling online. What? I'm starting to understand why he why he's not married anymore. He said he was taking a course at a local community college, but he never went anywhere. He said he was looking for a new job, but he but he just played Final Fantasy XI until the wee hours of the morning, which screwed up my sleep schedule because he was always yelling at his guild members.
1: Jesus. <laughs>
0: I'm starting to understand more why this guy doesn't have a wife anymore. Uh, Chain smoked on our balcony, which caused the entire apartment to smell terrible and ate my food.
1: (laughs) Oh, Christ.
0: I kicked him out after he didn't bother paying a second month's (laughs) rent.
1: That's actually crazy.
0: (laughs) TLDR. I have nothing but bad memories of Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> you brought these memories back. Wait, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, we brought them up for ourselves, too. <laughs> when you mentioned Final Fantasy XI was your game of the quarter, so I'll be suing you for emotional distress. Expect a call from my lawyer soon. But I still like you guys, so I won't sue for much, probably.
1: Or it's written a book, so. <laughs> and he's not my...
0: Holy crap. This guy, uh, sounds like he needs to uh, work on his life choices a little bit. I still love he- making him sit in the room while he tells him how awesome. That's so funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one is from Jeffrey. If you don't mind, Jay, I'm going to have you take this one.
1: No, it's fine. Uh, Jeffrey says... Thanks for another awesome year of the podcast. Well, I guess 2020 was just an awesome year all around for everybody. (laughs) Excuse me? Uh, Many people are saying it was the best year ever. I feel like maybe something bad happened at some point, but I'm blanking. I'm bad at current events. Sorry, you broke
0: broke up for a second. Highlights of the year were?
1: Highlights of the year were the walk down StarCraft memory lane, more games Rob's
0: care. Hold on. You're, you're, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. You're breaking up a little bit. Uh, okay, sorry. So Jeff says, uh, highlights of the year were the walk down StarCraft memory lane, more gaming Jay and Snest drunk appearances, Rob's kick-ass guitar riffs, <laughs> Jay falling in love with Heroes of Might and Magic all over again even if he can never remember which ones he has <laughs> or hasn't played. <laughs> Beat'em and eat'em. And that episode where you had the incredibly charming guest host who talked about breath of fire three blanking on his name at the moment. Anyway, anyhow, here's to another, here's to another great year and many more to come. Never stop podcasting. Can't stop. Won't stop CGP for life. Podcasting with the boys.
1: Podcasting (laughs) with the boys. Later, Uh, Jeffrey.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, Jeff, for the kind words. Um, yeah, my two favorite were were Jay never remembering which Might and Magic he's played, and also, of course, the Starcraft memory lane. <laughs> that was oh great. yeah. All right, and the last one comes from guess who? Chase the
1: night. Cleaner. It
0: wouldn't be an end of the year otherwise. Yes, Chase the night cleaner. He says hello, gentlemen. Chase the night cleaner here with a very last minute email how's the show going so far i'm typing this on my uh this one on my phone in my bed just wanted to, i just wanted to share that part okay which brings me to my question of the day do you play games in bed i sure do between the switch and my jailbreaked 3ds as well as my cell phone full of mobile games and, and and emulators i always have something on hand to play with jay do you play games in bed
1: absolutely i have a switch obviously it's part of part of the best that's like one of the two best things about it
0: I actually do not play games in bed whatsoever. I every mean, every every once in a while, I will take my laptop and play like maybe some Final Fantasy XI or something, but very rarely. Usually, like if I'm late. Sometimes what I, the, the the most that I do in bed is watch something like on my laptop. Uh, we don't even have a TV in our bedroom, so. Yeah, I just- Sometimes, like if it's late at night and I feel tired, but I'm not quite ready to go to bed yet, sometimes our couch isn't super comfortable to lay down on. So I'll lay down, I'll take the laptop with me and watch an episode of, of Gundam or Attack on Titan. Don't worry. Uh, but that's about it. And, and I'll do that and watch one episode or maybe even just half an episode, half an episode right before I fall asleep. But that's, that's the most that I do. I don't I don't, ever, I don't think I ever really play anything um obligatory second question of the day if you if you play in bed what do you play with yes i did that on purpose so i think you said switch for you and for me it's laptop is that about it is that about right
1: say that again the last part
0: he's asking what we what we do play so if for me if i do anything it's on the laptop you said switch right yeah for
1: sure uh
0: and that is it for me gentlemen happy holidays and thanks for another fine year of classic gaming in this wonderful section of your show you do some wonderful things and have given so many of us hundreds of hours of old school fun and laughs cheers and here's hoping 2021 is full of all kinds of good for you and your family i really hope 2021 is good yeah
1: if it's just worse then like what are we even here for remember we were talking about earlier with drawing blood that picture makes me really uncomfortable
0: what picture I just posted it in our chat. Oh, all right, hold on. I gotta look at the picture. Jay should. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't it took me a second. Yeah. Um. That makes me
1: uncomfortable. For
0: those of you listening, this is a picture which I assume is not real.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it's got like, uh, somebody like a uh, like a line in somebody's arm as if they're drawing blood. And then the way it makes it look like the like the, the tube, I almost called it a hose, the tube oh. kind of goes like off the picture, but then it comes back in on another part and it's hooked up to a pen that the person's writing with.
1: And it's a red pen, so they're <laughs> writing in red. Yeah, it's
0: a red pen. That's pretty good. Um, Back to Chase's email. Uh, also, I'm taking a vacation for the rest of the year, so you need to clean up this time. Bye Chase the <laughs> Night Cleaner. Thank you, Chase the Night Cleaner. It's always uh it's always a pleasure. It is. All right, Jay, uh any current gaming subcast stuff or are we good?
1: Uh just something real quick. So I did I ended up repurchasing I mentioned before Breath of the Wild, and my god it was so fun. Uh, Which one? I'm
0: oh, sorry, Breath of the Wild. The Wild.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm probably like 15 hours deep, and I'm just really enjoying it. It's just such a fun game to explore, and I haven't I haven't seen everything yet. So some of the stuff I'm going through is, you know, new to me, and it's it's just such a fun game to play through.
0: Um, I I, I, lo- I love how you love it so much. I really enjoyed it when I played it, but I, I really just don't have a desire to go back to it. Interesting. Um, I just started. I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I just started playing Doom Eternal. Oh, yeah. I would oh, yeah. say it because I talked about it, how I wasn't interested when it came out, and then I got kind of the, the itch for it. Um, it's so badass. It is so good. I've heard, like, people say, yeah, it's mostly good, but it's got this and that that I don't like about it. So far, I pretty much love every single thing about it. It is wow. It is just what Doom is meant to do, which is just balls-to-the-wall action. Um. You're running around, fighting demons, killing them, running up to them, cutting through them with chainsaws, ripping their heads off, shooting them with shotguns. It's a, uh, it's, it, the game looks fantastic. It's super fast paced. It feels good. It's got fun customization. Uh, everything about it just is is, it's perfect. It's like almost perfect Doom, which I I, I feel like the Doom that came out in 2016, is like a hundred percent pure distilled Doom, and this is like. 99.9% pure distilled doom. So uh, I'm, I'm loving it. That's all I got McDonald's? besides still play. Huh? You
1: said I'm loving it. McDonald's.
0: <laughs> I'm loving it. Obviously I'm still playing final fantasy 14. I don't think there's really anything to say about that. Um, and I think that's it. So again, our next top five is going to be our new year's gaming resolutions. The games that we planned five games that we plan to play in 2021 uh jay will I, I think if if you're down with this we'll figure out the next game of the quarter next time mm-hmm. is that cool with you if we don't do that? Cool with that okay yeah, I figured we, we had a lot to talk about this time so we'll save that for next um mail us mail at classic gaming uh, i'm at king octavius on twitter you can follow our show or our show you can follow us on twitter at class Gamescast, leave us amazing reviews on itunes uh, check out other podcasts on the hp video game podcast network and also have amazing holidays an amazing end of the year and an amazing new year and wow. uh and hopefully the next year will be a million times better than this one um please be safe have lots of fun uh jay well, any, anything else that i'm not saying that i should have said
1: No, I think you covered everything very clearly. Just have a safe holiday, guys, and we'll we'll talk again next year. All right.
0: Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And um, obviously, we'll be gone a little bit longer than usual this time. We'll hopefully hopefully we'll be back like maybe the first week of uh, January. So we'll see y'all in three or four, maybe. But we'll see y'all in about a month.